two horror icons, laser guns, kung fu, and space raid. We watched Galaxy of Terror. We watched it so you don't have to. So you know what time it is. What's up? Moon goons, welcome to Horrible Horror, the podcast where we watch the worst of the worst in horror movies. I am your host, Lord Jedi, Marshall Hampton. With me as all, well, not always, but lately always. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, he's back, you know him, you love him. We, he's everybody's favorite doofus, Mr. Nachos McWerewolf. Right, nachos. Welcome back. How <laughs> you doing, buddy, baby boy? I'm doing all right. Um, I'm just over here living and dying by the crystals. You know it. Jesus, it's the only way God. to be. Um, Hi, Sarah. We, uh, yeah, we've been. It's been a hot minute since we've been in the studio recording. Um, last thing I remember I, we did was the naughty and nice. So I should say. Um, and then January, I didn't mean to be gone this long, but January just it ended up turning to be a little bit of a hiatus because January was just got to be busy. We've had like we there was a couple several birthdays in the month. There was a belated Christmas party, um, taking off weekends and some unavailability for people. And then life just, happens. Get over. Yeah. It. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna take another two weeks break, and we'll I'll start up in February again. So here we are. We're back. So happy New Year, everybody! Oh, <laughs> happy February, or as I like to call it, the 28 days of Blade. Oh. I watch Blade like every night. You know, Black History Month. 29 leap year. Is it a leap year this yeah, year? I believe so. Oh. Who the fuck thought? How can you be a leap year? It's it's an odd it's a twenty three. Leap years are every four years. So there's there's no way it should be on an odd year. Well if any of our listeners out there know, <laughs> call in the hotline number. What's that number, Marshall? Seven four zero four suck it. That's right. If you can remember days in a month or something. Wait, isn't there it's something to do with like knuckles? Like you count the knuckles. I heard something. Yeah, I remember. I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember what it re that correlates to. But I remember there is something about the we are just knuckles. putting motherfuckers to sleep already. Yeah, more than this movie. Um, that's right. So, um, anyway, well, yeah, well, you already mentioned the hotline. So if you guys have any suggestions for movies you wanted to give us, or if you want to call in, just leave a comment, a question, tell us you love us, or tell us you hate us. That's yeah. fine too. You can call in the hotline at seven four zero four suck it and. Leave yourself a little voice message 
And yeah. maybe it will get played on air. Just maybe. Maybe. Um, Damn, Marshall, it's kind of cold down here. <laughs> could I get like a hoodie or a t-shirt or oh, something? Oh, you know what? You could. We can totally get you a horrible horror t-shirt. Uh, t- what? T-shirt or a hoodie. Wow. Yeah, all you got to do is go to the horriblehorrorpodcast.com. Head on over to the little merchandise section. There's all sorts of wonderful things like shirts and hoodies and uh, sh- uh, what we have. We have beer glasses what? and cell phone cases, mouse pads, stickers, bumper stickers, all sorts of wonderful things. Um, you can get all sorts of fine stuff there for you to help support the show. Well, you know, it's funny. I uh, Late Night Grindhouse had Chopping Mall the other month. And oh, I yeah? To see yeah? That's right. Yeah. And uh, I was hoping to go there, but I was unable to make it. Yeah, it happens. They're doing Assault on Precinct 13. Okay. I've never seen that, but uh, something, something, something. Chopping Mall Blue Lightning. Yes, yes. You can get yourself a, a Chopping Mall Blue Lightning I'm Blue t-shirt um, from there as well. Um, you can get yourself a normal head shirt, a why she talk t-shirt. Why she talk? You can get yourself a, uh, if you're a fan of the, uh, no, it related to this movie, sort of. If you're a fan of the old humanoids from the deep, uh, right, right. Roger Corman, the movie. uh, yeah, fish rape the movie. Um, you can get yourself a no yo department of fish and wildlife shirt as well. Along with all your, your basic horrible horror shirts. Oh. The original OG logos and the new ones. It's all there. There's been talk. A lot of people want it. I hope. People want the fucking Beer Goblin shirt. Oh, shirts. the Beer Goblin shirts. That one is unavailable so far. That was a that was a special one and done uh, shirt that I made for a gag, but it turned out to be very popular amongst the friends. People want it. People want it. Well, if people want it, they need to contact me and pay me first and then I will put in the order for them. I mean, I'm totally fine with the likeness. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, I, I know a couple people out there including yes, me, the beer course, goblin shirts. Cause I would of course wear a shirt with my own face on it. Cause I'm <laughs> kind of a veiny prick. Um, so this week's movie is galaxy of terror. Uh, this it's a sci-fi horror movie released back in 1981 trying to, uh, basically mooch off the fame and success of the original alien movie well straight up let's let's hear this fucking tagline where is this alien was the beginning oh yes hell has <laughs> just been relocated <laughs> to uh, a timeshare in Pensacola. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking love that the walls bleeding shit um before okay so let's uh it's, it's written and directed or it's written by Mark Seeger, Siegler, William Stout, and uh, Bruce D. Clark, directed by Bruce D. Clark as well. You can find this on a lot of places, apparently. You can find it on Tubi, yeah, which yeah. Is where I watch it. Love Tubi. But apparently it's also on Peacock, the Roku channel, Voodoo, Amazon Prime, Plex, YouTube, Fubo TV, and Sling TV, Apple TV, and Pluto TV. So it's very easy to win. Yeah. If, and Sling Blade TV. Yeah. If you, yeah, this movie will find you. <laughs> um, the cast is actually surprisingly really accomplished and really good. Yeah, Jim Varney. I was excited. <laughs> yeah. Vern, you know, he's a, uh, who you knew? I mean? uh, so anyway, our main guy, Cabrin, played by Edward Albert. He's got 132 credits. Um, he, he's, other than this, he's probably most, his most re- repetitive ongoing role was as Mr. Collins in all of the Power Rangers time force shows and movie spinoffs. 
I got no. We're talking to do with the stash, right? Yep. He's also in Mimic Two, dude. He, um, for you comic book lovers who grew up in the '90s. I might remember he voiced Daredevil in the 1996 Spider-Man animated series. No shit. He also voiced Silver Surfer in the 1996 Fantastic Four animated series. So this dude was, uh, he was busy with the uh, Sabin Marvel shows. That's yeah. cool. Um, then we have Aluma played by Aaron Moran. Might not be a household name, but you'll probably know the character she played. She's most famous for because she was Joni Cunningham. God damn it, I knew it. She was Joni Cunningham in Happy Days and in Joni Loves Chachi. So... You know, it's funny and like, oh, fuck. I want to say it's what uh, in, in a foreign country I don't remember right now. They had to change the name of the show because Chachi means dick. Oh. So, uh, <laughs> hey, Joni, what's up? <laughs> She's not being subtle. She's just like, bring it on, bring down, it on, whip it out. Uh, Damia, I think it's how you pronounce it, Damia, played by Taffy O'Connell. She's got 32 credits, including Dismembered. She was Jane in New uh, New Year's Evil. I remember. Um, she also appeared in Wonder Woman, the TV show. Wonder Chips. Woman! Rocky II. She also appeared on Happy Days, the Incredible Hulk TV show, Knight Rider in Dallas, among other stuff as well. Um, then we have Captain Train Tour, played by Grace Zabriskie. Uh, 164 credits. This, she's worked her butt off. She's recognizable. Aaron's probably going to lose his shit over this one because his ears are going to start tingling when I mention this because she was Sarah Palmer in all of the Twin Peaks shows. Ooh, get the obligatory Twin Peaks reference. Yeah. She's been in uh, Santa Clarita Diet, Big Love. She was Emma in the famous Grudge horror movie, the American version. Uh, Gone in 60 Seconds. She's been in Charm. She was in Armageddon. Fern Gully, which was, an, I think, a vastly unappreciated animated film from the night. That was Is Tim Curry the smog demon in that? He might be. But it has Tone Loke as a, a rapping uh, chameleon lizard or something like that. That I do not remember that. I yep. remember Robin Williams as, like, the mutated fruit bat or whatever. Or, like, had little diodes in its head. Yeah. Was, yeah. Yeah. Yo, I'm not going to lie. That little sprite chick from Fern Gully was kind of high. Kind of get it. I don't yeah. know. I agree. I was the same way. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not mad at Tinkerbell or whatever. No, but that's I take the sprite over Tinker. I take the Ferngully chick over Tinkerbell. That's right. Now, like, so do we shrink down from magic? Because otherwise, <laughs> you're just bludgeoning an action figure with your dick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of dicks, uh, fucking it. So I go to Schnooks earlier today. Guess what's there? Food. Motherfucking Wienermobile. Oh, I was going to get you a wiener whistle. Oh, nice. And I was going to like whip it out and like, <laughs> what's that? And it's about the right size. And anyway, uh, well, that gag didn't launch. That's okay. Uh, she's also in Child's Play 2. And uh, for, and most recently for gamers, will recognize, especially horror game players, will recognize her as the fortune teller in the Quarry video game. The horror. Did you play that? I did. Was yes. it good? Yeah, I enjoyed it. So what, Sam Raimi? Or Ted Raimi's in that, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. David Arquette, uh, Sam fun. Raimi, um, Z- Z- Grace Zabrinsky, uh Brenda Song, and uh, Ryan. I, I can't remember the, that, all their dude. names, but yeah. Um, anyway, so then we have Q-Hod. Quohod? Q-Hod. Played by Sid Haig. Captain Crystals. Yeah, yeah, everybody knows him, Sid Haig, so we're going to move on. 
core played by Ray Walston. This fucker, again, everybody who grew up probably in the 80s and 90s will recognize this guy. He's got 156 credits. He died in 2001, but he was in 7th Heaven, Ally McBeal, Star Trek Voyagers, and Next Generation, Adam's Family Reunion, Of Mice and Men, the horror movie Popcorn, Oh no shit. The titty movie Ski Patrol, <laughs> Superboy, Saturday the 14th Strike Back. Yuck. He was in Friday the 13th the series. Yeah. Uh but he will probably best be known for playing Everybody's favorite Marsh. Well, yeah, he was in uh uh Marvin. Everybody's favorite Marsh, Marvin Marvin Martin uh, Marty my Marsh. Favorite Marsh. Yeah, my favorite Marsh. But Soul beyond boy. that, he's even more probably more recognizable for most people as because the the success of it, but he was Mr. Hand in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Son of a bitch. And the right. spinoff TV show, Fast Times. I didn't know there was a spinoff. I though. didn't know there was either until I looked it up. But yeah, there was. But yeah, he's Mr. Hand in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. With the you know the famous interaction with uh, McConaughey and all that shit. Spicoli? Spicoli. There. That's McConaughey? not McConaughey. McConaughey is in uh, Days and Confused. Spicoli. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Not uh, Yeah. Because Spicoli. Sean Penn, uh, I think. was. He's kind of a. Boner, don't tell him I said that. <laughs> or he'll beat up Madonna or something. I don't fucking know. Yeah. Um, next up, we have um, Ranger, played by... Ugh, excuse me. Is that my pubes? Yep, that's Sorry. your pubes. Um, Ranger, played by another horror icon in Mr. Robert England. Kane Hodder. Wait, yeah, <laughs> Kane Hodder. <laughs> yeah, this Robert England before he became Freddy. He was not Freddy Krueger yet. You know what? He looks like a real nice guy. You could just have a beer with and not worry about them molesting or murdering your children yeah or licking you through a phone or something or... that's you know you got to make those long distance relationships <laughs> yeah. work um also involved in this movie but not in the cast our future actor bill paxton yes sir who worked as a set dresser on this uh, on this and future blockbuster director james cameron also work as the film's art director. Isn't that wild? Yeah, and he's the one who hired Bill Paxton to work as set dresser. I love that. I mean, and you can kind of tell because, I mean, not to jump into the movie already, but, like, the set designs and shit look pretty fucking okay. Yeah. Um, also, there's a, a horrible horror hall of famer. Oh, boy. David DiCatio got his first Hollywood job uh, movie job working as a production assistant on this film. So lots of connections involved in the cast and crew of this one. Um, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, before we move on to the movie stuff, I actually want to ask you something, Nachos. What's up, boss? So in the oh, in the intro, I said two horror icons. Mm-hmm. You may agree. You may agree with that. But do you classify, in your opinion, do you classify Sid Haig as an actual horror icon? Because to me, I I said that because most people do, but I'm looking back, I'm like, I don't think I classify him as an icon, horror icon status. He's definitely an icon, yes, but he's like, in the 70s and shit, he was doing all these exploitation, exploitation films, so if anything, it also, because it gets lumped with the genre. And he also, might be a cult icon. Goddamn right, yes. Cult icon, yes. sure, but I horror, I'm like... That. I don't know if I call him a horror icon. I can name uh oh, yeah. some brain tonic in us. Uh, yep. Nachos brought his fireball shots to Sid Haig. Because you know how we do it. And the damn crystals. <sighs> Ooh. Yummy. Wow. 
So uh, how many of the, like, 50 fireball shots that you got for Christmas are you, are you down to? Done. <laughs> Dead fucking serious. Cincinnati Jeff and I just, boom, gone. <laughs> I even fucking hid one of those candy canes. Uh, I hid it in his house, and, like, I had Pirate Deadpool with the note, like, there be booty, and, like, pointing... <laughs> He had a fucking treasure map. And I don't know, dude, uh, but <laughs> Nims is gone. Okay. Little pumpkin ask. Uh, Cincinnati, Jeff, and myself just annihilated them. Didn't Very stand good. a chance. Very good. All right. So let's move on to the movie. Here we go. Let's get back in the flow of this thing. So we open with the credits rolling over landscapes of some alien planet. And then we just jump. We cut to some guy running through the halls of a spaceship carrying what looks to be like a car muffler for some reason. And he's just shooting his laser gun. Oh, pew, 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 pew. I would have laughed so hard if it was the same fucking gun from Laser Blast. <laughs> that fucking movie. Sorry, bud. Um, as he runs, he finds various dead bodies of his crewmates. One has his brain exposed on the side of his head. That was pretty cool. Uh, then some sort of creature appears on a monitor. I can't tell what the fuck it's supposed to be. It's Dr. Claw. It's just all bleh, 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 floating around being all weird. Uh, and the guy starts screaming his ass off. And then I guess magically or telepathically, some he just starts getting thrown around the hallway and thrown repeatedly up against the walls of the ship. And then it just cuts away to a shot of the, like, from our space, so the planet just floating in space. And that's it. That's the opening. Um, next we see some old woman, some old haggard woman talking about the planet Xerxes. Yeah. Everybody knows that one. Yeah. And how she is the game master or some Bitch, shit. Bitch, you ain't got no game. Yeah. <laughs> She's fucking talking to Doramu or whatever the fuck. Do- Dormanu. <laughs> yeah. And she, she's playing... And that, or she, and she, she's a game master. And she plays at the bidding of the all-powerful one, Planet Master of Xerxes. Uh, sitting across from her is this mystery figure, like it's not just what, what Dormanu, basically. He's got this red glowing head, um, and he can't see any face. It's just this red glowing head. Um, a monitor comes on, and a guy tells him they that they have lost all communication with some ship. So I'm just we're assuming it's the one from the opening. Uh, that landed on planet Morgantis. Um, That's kind of a cool name. I love the names they came up with in this movie. God damn. I love their their fake space sci-fi techno babble jargon. Yeah. Son uh, of a android. <laughs> uh, the red glowing guy orders the man of the mine to get his ship for a rescue mission. And he, that he will be in charge of it. But glowing red guy will handpick the crew. But don't tell nobody. Yeah. And they are not to know anything. So... Yeah, off to a good start there. Um, shortly after that, the captain of the ship enters and tells Ivor to get to, out of her station that she's the captain of the ship and she's running this mission. Dude, she sucks. Yeah, the, the crew all get strapped in for takeoff. Like they are on like a, when you have to strap in for like on an airplane, just strap in. But they don't sit like, they're sitting around like a dining room, like a table, like this big, like, like the, table in the mess so they're just sitting around there and they're all strapped in i do love this part they're doing the countdown right yeah so fucking bobby e he's running and he's like oh no i didn't make it and then uh 
Pappy. Yeah. Hot lips or Hot, whatever. The yeah. Fuck. yeah. Sure. Rob, Robert English's chair used to be malfunctioning. So he's like, shit, what am I doing? Pappy just like, here. She scoots back, spreads her legs, and Robert just like jumps in her lap. Like, okay. And he like, and she like holds on to him. It was <laughs> kind of sweet. I like it's that. It's weird. Yeah. Also, let's check out the movie poster for this real quick. Oh, yeah. I love the poster. Remember when any of that happened in the movie? Uh, that thing kind of looks familiar. Let's, let's explain to the listeners. No, okay, so we got like a like we got like Tarzana of the jungle, uh, <laughs> laying on a rock, um, with like this winged, skull-headed Evil monster hovering over. Shit. And then behind that is this another alien-looking creature with a big brown head and empty. So that one is kind maybe similar to what you see later. But the Break wing plug. thing, I'm like, eh, I don't know. And it just says, Galaxy of Terror. It looks like... An awesome fantasy novel cover. Yeah, I was just about to say, it looks like a fantasy novel cover or like um, or like an, one of the old, like... Choose your adventure books. First, first, yeah, that too. That too. I was going to go D&D module cover from like the 70s Ooh, or some early. Some Frank Frazetta shit. Yeah. Okay. That's, but yeah, it's... Uh, you know what? We'll have Aaron post it on the IG. Um, so... Uh, Krugosh, and then so immediately we see that there's tension between Cabrin and Balon. Balon tells Cabrin that he's second command here, and that Cabrin better listen to his orders. He's just a dick for Balon's basically a dick in this Dude, whole for like sucks. no reason. Like, there's zero, they, they never explain anything about him. He's just an asshole for no reason. He's a straight up bitch. Yeah. He's like, nah. the whole time he just has one of those faces you just want to bash him with a giant rock. Yes, he, he very much does. Um, the ship takes off, jumps to hyperspace, and I gotta say the hyperspace special effects are just... They go planned. They're wonderfully bad and awesome. I like, I giggled, but I loved it at the same time. I All like, right. <laughs> did you get space ball vibes or did you get like... Uh, what is it? It's 2001 A Space Odyssey vibe. Probably like, more of that. Cause okay. I, I'll say that more than Spaceballs. Because I haven't seen Spaceballs in probably like 20 years or more. I don't know when the last time I saw that movie was. Still but, holds up. But I'm going to say probably 2001 Space Odyssey stuff. Yeah, so I'm sorry. Who the fuck? This boner. Yeah, that's Balon. Ba- Balon, Balon kind of has this fucking Sean Penn. Like, meh. Yeah, he's got also got like you know, kind of a curly Afro hair thing going. Oh, man, it, it, nobody's hair was good in that era. No, that, era. that is a good point. That is very true. Um, so they arrive at Morganthus, and the ship instantly starts to malfunction, and it begins to crash down on the planet. Captain Trainter pulls some Top Gun Captain Kirk shit and manages to land, land a ship safely. Um, oh, yeah, the MacGuffin was overreacting. That's what yeah. it was. Um, so the exploratory team gets all ready to disembark. Trainter tells Ivor... That she got him there. Now it, the rest is up to him. Then leaves the bridge. Um, I guess you should say Ivar Ivor was the same guy that was on the monitor talking to the red glowing doorman oh, guy. Oh, Professor Bigwig. Yeah. Yeah, his hair. That shit was out of control. He kind of looked like Hal Halbrook from The Fog. I yeah. haven't seen it long enough to remember that, but okay. sure. Yes, good good reference there. Good callback to that. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. No problem. <laughs> um, That's why I'm here. <laughs> Ranger tells Ivor that scans have found the other crash ship, the Remus, but no, all scans show no life forms. So the rescue team, they leave the ship, they head off. Uh, we also learn here that Aluma, a.k.a. Joni from Happy Days, is psi-sensitive and is some kind of empath or shit. Some... Yeah, that's exactly what I called it. Yeah. 
She's nothing like uh, old girl from Next Generation or anything. Oh, yeah. Deanna Troy. Yeah. Um, so the team enters the Remus, and they almost instantly, and pretty much as soon as they, they walk in the door. they consensually enter the Remus? Yeah, they consensually enter. They, they consensually penetrated the Remus. That's right. With some space rape goop. Um, but pretty much instantly as soon as they walk in, a dead body just falls down from the ceiling. It's like it's tangled up and wired and just falls down from them. Sid Haig and they whips his... out this giant fucking like crystal throwing star this... thing and chucks it at the corpse, hitting it in the chest, then pulls it out once he realizes that he's the thing's already dead. Also, <laughs> delayed five seconds later. I think he was like, Oh, I guess I could show off my crystals again. It's like, <laughs> is he is he, is he do is it Quado doing his thing with his fucking crystals again? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Wow. We get it. You have fucking crystal ninja stars. Yeah. God. Um. But I, my main question was like, what if he wasn't dead? Like the whole like, what if he that guy was the sole survivor? He's up there hiding, right. and he jumped down because oh, the rescue team's here. I can come out of hiding now. I'm safe. And it, Sig Hang would, would have just murdered this guy. No, nope, that- Marshall, I got it. They're magical healing crystals. Oh, because they're supposed to be the rescue team, not in the extermination squad. Right, they're which, not the cleaners. So maybe he should have waited just a second before attacking anything that moves. And this becomes a theme throughout the movie. Oh, For a team that's supposed to be a rescue squad, they just kill and fry everything. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, also, did you look real close at that body's name tag? No, I did not. It said jump scare. Did it? No. <laughs> it would have been good, though. <laughs> J scare. Just J scare is his name. I think I like if I ever wrote a horror movie someday and had a guy with a name tag like a mechanic I think I'd just name him Jay Scare <laughs> and put it on there. I was watching a movie and I swear to God, it's like they threw a cat and it's like, what's the cat's name? Jump Scare. <laughs> I think that was like Shriek if you know what I did last Friday the 13th. Oh. <laughs> that uh, Criterion Collection masterpiece. Yes. That's fun though. Um, and then, like, it's not bad enough, like I said. And then Balin. Shoots the body with his big ass laser gun, which causes the body to fucking explode in flames and disintegrate. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like that poor guy probably had a family back home who maybe would have liked his body so they could have a burial or something. But these fuckers are just like, fuck that and kill and disintegrate everything they come across. Well, and the motto, the motto of the their uh, crew, the CFS or whatever, mm-hmm. in space, nobody can hear you uh, rot. So they just... <laughs> you know what? Because maybe ER2 or whatever at this point is just so riddled with fucking graveyards, this is their protocol. They just vaporize. Maybe. Maybe there's a protocol. They just vaporize everything now because there's no space for burial ground or but something. But then again, maybe I don't want to do take them back. You could still take the body back for the family, for the records... For you know, or or study, and then cremate it and give the remains back to the family. But it was like, fuck it, nope, we're killing everything. It's like, hey, crystals, are you carrying that thing? <laughs> nope. <laughs> Balon orders the team to split up and head to different parts of the ship. Hmm. So um, he sent sending the rookie kid Kaz off by himself while the others are in pairs. So I think we're not where this is going. Let's send the rookie, basically send the red shirt off by right, himself. Right. <laughs> I'm sure this will fare well. And so Kaz, he's the dude with the giant uh, like blonde fro. Yeah, he's okay. just the blonde guy. He just yeah. screams. And yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he. I think. Yeah, he's gonna be all right. I think. <laughs> 
Ka- uh, K- Cabrin and Kuhat, Quohat, is, well, said, hey. Crystals. They reach the comms room. I think it's the comms room anyway. They find another dead body, so Cabrin shoots it with this laser gun. It, too, explodes in flames and vaporizes or disintegrates or some shit. Well, maybe, like, dead men do tell tales, but vaporized men, they ain't saying they ain't shit. <laughs> but doing this sets off some kind of alarm on the ship, but it gets turned off nearly instantly, so I don't know what the point of that was, even why they even did that. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Kaz is jumping at, like, every fucking little thing that moves or he bumps into. And he's pretty much ready to shit his pants. And he just takes off running down the halls. Yeah, Kaz, maybe this job was not no, for No, this you. was not for you. <laughs> um, so, uh, he eventually runs into Balon and Aluma, who are also joined by Cabrin and Sid Haig at this time. The team leaves the ship, heads back to their ship. But for some reason... Kaz the red shirt lags behind um, and hears something coming from behind him. He looks back down the hallway, sees nothing. So he turns to leave and that's when he gets grabbed by what I can only describe as giant insect mandibles. Oh, this was kind of cool. And like this clawed hand then grabs him on top of his head. The claws digging into Kaz's forehead. Uh, Kaz is bleeding from his forehead. He's screaming in fear. And he gets pulled out of frame, uh, never to be seen again. Uh, so, yeah, that's bye. that's that. that bye. <laughs> um, so My cause and effect. <laughs> cause and effect. Should we just say this right now? Because I, I didn't I didn't even realize. Yeah. Popcorn. Uh, I didn't realize popcorn. What? What, what? is popcorn? No, uh, I picked popcorn out of my teeth. So. The plot of this movie is space fear. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that until I read like the synopsis and shit after the movie. It's like everybody endures their own worst well, fear. Well, no, that's okay. That just gives away the whole ending thing, kind of. But all right. Well, I mean, because I spent a good portion of this film just grabbing my head, like, what the fuck <laughs> is <laughs> happening? Yeah. Trying not to do my best martial art. Yeah. <laughs> just, uh, yeah. So apparently causes. Fucking fear was being torn apart by a giant bug. Yeah, <laughs> that's it's a weird fear to have. I, I mean, I guess I have that now. I didn't really think about that one too thorough, but uh, that's not on my list of things to do today. Yeah. Um. So, oh, on a side note, I'm sure I said this. This probably I don't even know why I'm wasting time with this, but uh, I, I it's should, your show, and you can do whatever the fuck the you want. Goddamn right. Um. I should uh, explain earlier when I was doing introductions, uh, the whole, you guys for now know that Lord Hampton is Lord Marshall. Hampton is, is a thing ongoing for a while, but I added a Jedi part. This was new today. Um, that's because my lovely wife, Who? Or, uh, my lovely wife, I know what, that's your thing. Don't make <laughs> me do your shtick. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, my lovely wife, she, for Christmas, one of the presents she got me was a, um, she made me. I got this official, totally official, official Jedi Council certificate, naming me an official Jedi, um, signed by. It's got holog- like the holographic seal on it and all this shit. It's like signed by Obi Wan. It's actually it's really sweet, really kind of cool. I love it. But apparently, I am pa- apparently now a re- a registered Jedi. Oh, um, I thought you were gonna say sex offender. Sex- <laughs> Oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> so, yeah, so now I am 
Lord Jedi Marshall Hampton or Jedi Lord. I'm not sure which one I want to go with first. Something uh, of the Jedi Council. I'd throw that in there, right? Yeah, or, of the Jedi Council. Yeah. Oh, wait. Maybe you have to work your way up to that. Yeah, I'm not on the Council yet, I guess. I'm just Jedi, a Jedi. Yeah, you're, you're no longer a Padawan. Yeah, yeah. So that's where that came from. I don't know why I wasted time with that, but I just wanted to acknowledge Well, I was wondering. I walked in here. You were cutting off your sweet rat tail. Yep, I'm like, yep. what's that all about? Well, yeah, I got promotion. I'm not I'm not a Padawan anymore. The rat tail goes. <laughs> Yuck, rat tails. Why was that a thing? And then why was Lucas like, yo, dude, Jedis need to look like Surfer Jesus and have fucking rat tails. But, uh, hey, anyway, apparently that guy's doing something right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, back on the main ship, the crew is gathered around a Luma, around Luma tells them all that she sensed a life sign around Kaz, but after he died, she no longer sensed the other life sign. And this made me wonder, like, how the fuck do they know Kaz is dead? Like nobody was there to see it. She, they were, was long gone. Like, how do they know? Like what happened? Um, there's a lot of inconsistencies in this. Oh yeah. So we also learned that apparently they did find a survivor who they did bring back to the ship. Oh, really? Yeah. You never see him. But okay. they, I was going to say, I guess. Ever, uh, we never see him. But they say, hey, we found a survivor. But apparently, as soon as they got back to the ship, the survivor locked himself in his room, but was somehow mysteriously killed. So you never see this guy. You don't see him get killed. But they, it's just through dialogue that this happens. Oh, my God. It was Fre- Space Freddy Krueger. Spetty, Spetty in space, fucking words. I use yeah. them. Freddy in space. That's what I need, Johnny. Freddy X. I'd watch it. Yeah, I'd watch it too. Uber Freddy. Dude. <laughs> I mean, we already had Super Freddy. Yeah, we did Faster have Super. We did have Super Freddy. Um, De, uh, Demia, aka you know Taffy O'Connell, is examining the bodies, um, and she tells them over comms that Kaz died from massive hemorrhages from puncture wounds. And that the other body, so I'm guessing that survivor guy, is such a mess that they can't make out a cause of death. So again, when did they go back to Kaz's body? They, nobody ever went back and said, oh shit, he's dead. Let's retrieve his body. They just left him there. They vaporized him too. <laughs> yeah. According to protocol, they should have just vaporized him. These are the only two bodies they do not vaporize throughout the entire movie. Oh, I'm not quite dead yet. Oh, you're getting vaporized. <laughs> you're getting vaporized. <laughs> Uh, so Ivor starts scanning the planet's surface and they find a mysterious point that may be the source of whatever field uh, pulled their ship down. Are you talking the cosmic butthole? Yeah. Okay. So again, the team uh, gears up and heads off to check it out. They end up at this mountain, which later they keep calling a pyramid, but it's so a pyramid. Tomato, tomato, pyramid mountain. Yeah. Um, Aluma says that she senses no life and has never felt something so lifeless and dead before. Again, the team splits up in two teams of three. Team one, we have Balon, Qhod, and Aluma. And the other one, we have Ivar, Cabrin, and uh, Damia, Damia, or whatever, in the other group. Ivar and his group start to climb up the mountain slash pyramid, whatever the fuck it is, and they come to this giant hole in the ground. So Ivar sets up his repelling gear and starts to repel down. All right, so I have a theory on this. Okay. So Sid Haig got the script, and he's like, Demiria, Quathra. No. Damia? I'm I'm not saying any of these (laughs) stupid fucking names. You know what? I... 
no, give my dialogue to other people. I'm going to talk about my crystals, and I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. That's it. Um, yeah, to, to, to uh, clarify on that, uh, Sid Haig only has one line in the entire movie. He's basically pulling a Nick Cage from Willy Wonderland. He does not speak the entire time, except for one line. Now, do you, you know what? Do you think that was a Sid Haig move? Like, I was joking. Do you think, like, that was him? He's like, look, dog, I, I got some rewrites. I'm not, uh, so my girl, she's been getting super into these crystals, right? It's like, go on, Sid. I like where you're coming from. He's like, so check it out. Ninja stars are fucking awesome. I like where you're going. Roger, Roger Corman, back me up here. What if I have ninja crystal throwing stars? You know, because I saw this movie, Kroll, you know? And then and then that's where they got the line from Blade. Yeah, he's got that thing he throws. It shut the fuck up. <laughs> anyway. I love it. Um, so, uh... As he's repelling down, his rope comes loose. He starts to fall, but Cavern and uh, Damia catch the rope. They save him. So he continues his repelling descent. Then, from a fucking hole in the rock, a large sperm worm thing shoots out and latches onto him. Ivar screams in pain, but is able to pull out a knife and cut the sperm worm off of him. Then a second one shoots out and latches onto him, too. Again, he's able to rip it off. But poor Ivar can't catch a break as two long, fleshy tentacle things with large gripper suckers at the ends of them come shooting out from the hole, latch onto them. And the back of these sucker things seem to have like vagina mouths on them. Um, very hentai. Yeah. Very hentai. And, uh, one of these centers actually latches on right to his face. Uh, he's screaming cavern attaches himself to a rope so he can go, so he can go down and help Ivar. But when he gets down there, all he finds is the empty bloody harness and no sign of Ivar. Whoa, so they dewormed Ivor? Yeah. <laughs> see what I did there? Yeah, I see what yeah. you did there. Well, Ivor back then. Okay. I liked it. Um, I mean, pee pee, pee pee, pee. <laughs> Shut up, Bill Burr. Oh, fucking space, <laughs> Boston. Go back to Boston. Fucking Boston. Man, yeah, I gotta... I, we might not have any listeners in Boston anymore, but God, I fucking hate Boston. You know, uh, oh man, I remember on an episode I went on some tirade about Boston. Boston sucks. I've never their sports been. teams are terrible. Fuck Boston. They're they're. Did I smell a new T-shirt? <laughs> yeah, fuck Boston. Boston. <laughs> Lord Jedi Master Marshall. I think I might get a new T-shirt made. Fuck Boston. <laughs> I mean, they're the worst, dude. And Sam Adams fucking sucks. I mean, I'm not dying on the cross for fucking Budweiser, but dude, Sam Adams has like three good beers out of 900. It's like, bring me some pumpkin beer. Cause I'm a fucking basic white bitch. And, uh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Um, so you're that Boston, Boston, fucking Boston, fu- oh, fucking Boston. Take your fucking accent and your weird ass shit and your no more Garcia para and your Bill Belichick and go shove them up your ass. You know what? I, yeah. Yeah. And there goes any Boston fit listeners we ever might've had. They're all gone. Now. Well, if you're ever down in St. Louis, look me up. Come on, Stanford. Come on, Stanford. I was from a, the Boston fan who was calling out, uh, Stanford from the Blues after the Stanley Cup game <laughs> oh, wanted to fight the guy. <laughs> mm, bad move. That probably wouldn't fair. Yeah, fair probably t- not for, uh, work out very well for you. You know what? Uh, on my day to day life, 
other than not getting vaporized, I also try not to pick a fight with professional hockey players. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good rule of thumb. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking rules to live by by Nacho's McWerewolf. Uh, meanwhile, back on the ship, Captain Trantor. Trantor oh, you can't say that word. Tra- <laughs> Trantor. Yeah. Uh, tells Ranger to get off the radio and come eat with her and Core. Eat that butt. Core, um, who. Uh, we haven't talked about Corey yet. Um, basically he's the ship's cook and he's the oldest crew member at this point. He's just the old guy and the cook. All right. Were you getting like Ash vibes? Kind of not Ash, you know, Bruce Campbell, but Ash Bilbo Baggins from fucking alien. Okay. No Bishop vibes. Oh, or call vibes or David. I'm terrible right now because I I remember Bishop. I remember something. I don't remember all the characters vividly enough to draw a comparison. So I can't say I really drew a comparison to Alien with any of these characters. I just, I haven't seen it in so long. Yeah, good point. All right. Um. So anyway, Ranger enters to get some food. Uh, he gets food from Kor as Tranter starts telling these old war stories that she never shuts up about. Apparently years ago or some way back when she's the only survivor of the Hespius or something like that, oh, which was yeah. attacked and she keep, won't shut up about it. She keeps talking about these war stories and she was all she, almost every t- word time she speaks at one point in her diet, she mentions Hespius at some point. Um, Lady, get a hobby. Yeah. You did that to yourself. So we jump back to Balin's group, uh, climbing up the mountain pyramid thingy. Balin reaches the top, finds another dead body. So just like before he shoots it, it explodes in flames and disintegrates like all the others. He was just making sure it was dead. Yeah. You know, you got to make sure, I guess. Um, Aluma and Hag reach the top and ask what he shot. Balin just tells him just another body. But this time Aluma finally speaks up saying, hey, we're supposed to be finding out what happened here. You can't just keep frying everything. Thank you, Aluma. Thank you for that. <laughs> Do you think there was a subplot where he was like a spy from the company or something? <laughs> kind of hush-hush it? I don't know. Maybe. Let's not do this movie's job. Uh, they find a giant door that leads into the mountain facility, and they're joined by Cabern and uh, Dem- Damia or whatever, who oh, informed girl. the others that Ivor was killed. Balin don't give a fuck, and he even says Ivor had no business being here. He was not a warrior. Yeah, compassion? Could you have a little? <laughs> I mean, your fucking homie's dead. Yeah. Don't be like, he was weak as fuck. He was a space bitch. Um, so, where were we? Uh, they all enter the facility. Balin orders Hag to guard the entrance while the rest of them head further in. And for some reason, Demia decides, like, you know what? I'm going to go back and check on Hag. I'm going to go back to him. And Cabern, t- Cabern tells her, you know what, you know, when you get there, just just stay there with him and you two hang out. So we cut back to Hay. See how long you can get him to not talk about Christmas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we cut back to Hay for who's for some reason is freaking out. And, and oh, he's pissed. Okay, here's what happened. Because, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't cut this. Story. So they go in and the doors. Before they go in, the door starts to close on them. To on do what a door does. Yeah, it closes. So Sig Haig thought it would be a good idea to throw his crystal throwing star and like try to wedge it between the door and the frame to keep it from closing. Right. But the door closes and cr- 
basically explodes the crystal. It just it, and he is a it explodes in like mess. crystal dust at this point. Crystal meth. meth yeah, yeah, crystal meth. And um, so he's all pissed off of that. <laughs> so at this point, when we cut back to him, he's just, he's freaking out. He's pissed off. He's he's like having a tizzy. He's bit. like punching the walls. He's all worked up. It's like that part in fucking Boys in the Hood. Or he's just swinging. Yeah. <laughs> Ricky. Oh, but he's like crystals. Crystals. Um. So now, no. Anyway, they eventually get the door open, or it opens again, and they all go in. So, but now they're inside. The doors start to close. So he rushes in between the doors because, uh, uh, because they close from each side, and they tries like brace each one arm on each side of the door and tries to push them open. Um, I poured it in mine. I didn't put my mouth on it. Um, but he can't. So, he's, you know, he's trying to do like the old, you know, Death Star trash can pack. You're like, oh, right, well, yeah. he phrases it, but he can't. And he's kind of forced out of the building. Like, he has to, he's like, kind of like, I can't hold it. And he, he falls out and he's now outside the complex. You know what? He didn't die getting smashed by some fucking doors. So I'll give him that. Yes. Um, what happens next, Mark? But Oh, here we go. Here's where the weirdness really starts, and it just keeps going up and up from here. Um, so now his shattered crystal throwing star, which is crystal meth, yes, crystal yes. dust, crystal it meth, itself. Yes, it magically just reforms it right in front of him. I so, thought this was something they do. Yeah, no. Well, I think I figured if they if that's something they did, then why would he be so mad? He wouldn't be so mad about it. He's like, oh, they'll reform anyway. You yeah. would know that. You know what? They should have gone with diamonds because diamonds are harder than crystals. That is very and, true. Uh, yeah. Um, but diamonds don't get you that sweet, sweet high and fuck up your teeth like the crystal meth will. <laughs> that fucking <laughs> chemical tornado. <laughs> fucking sleet. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Good one. All right. To crystals. <sighs> okay. So. They reform. Hay goes over to them, bends down to pick pick up the crystal thing. <laughs> now, now the crystal comes to life. The crystal throwing star comes to life. It magically like stands up on end and then launches itself into Sig Hay's arm. Yeah. He tries to pull it out. Because it, like, it like goes like off? underneath his skin. Like it, it goes at an angle where it doesn't just come. It like actually embeds like, like a something. real bad splinter. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. A really bad crystal splinter. Boy, if I had a dollar for every, every time I went to the doctor for that. <laughs> You'd have he's no back. dollars? He's back again. No, it's crystals. No, l- let me guess what it is. Is it a crystal? It's a crystal. Yep. There's the drinking game for listeners at home or on the job. Yeah. Uh, well, I actually, funny thing is, I actually came had it later at the end, near the end. I came up with a another drinking game I could talk about later. Well, you know what? Bottoms up. Now we got two drinking games for this one. And you know what? For our pregnant mother listeners, you're drinking for two. You are drinking you for go. two. Um, so it launches itself into his arm and beds itself underneath its skin. So uh, he he tries to pull it out. But when he does, it snaps off, yeah, leaving the bladed tip trapped underneath his skin. Hague try like bare, starts he, traveling off. Yeah, he like burrows in. He takes his finger and like sticks it under the wound, and tries to pull the blade out. So but, logically, what? How would you stop this? Well, yeah, as Nacho said, uh, the the blade 
acts like now like a worm or a parrot and it starts like moving its way underneath his skin up his arm. Like to his heart, I guess. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, like there's some kind of wormy parasite. Now, so, as you said, what does he do? Well, take a guess, listeners. What do you think does he, he does? Hey. I will give you a moment to think about it. I'm going to give some multiple choices. Oh, you're going to give multiple choices. I like does this. Does he, <laughs> A, uh, produce a pair of pliers from a med kit and surgically remove the crystal chunk? Okay. B, say crystals five more times. <laughs> or does he, C, punch his own fucking arm off? Well, if you guess C, he literally, you're right, because he literally punches, punches his, his own, own arm, arm off. off. Um, and if you guess that, well, oh, okay, never mind. Cause my joke doesn't work anymore because you gave, you gave choices. Um, that is a I, feat. Yeah, I shit you not, Moogood. Hank fucking punches his own arm off clean. Yes, like, a clean. That is fucking insane. And Fuck he does it me. on the first try in one motion. Why was this dude one hit fucking around with crystals? If he can just live yeah. people punching them. Yeah. It's I like can't Mortal Kombat. Yeah, it's this is a fucking Mortal Kombat shit. Like he just takes his arm, and, like, he hammer fists his arm like right above the elbow or something, or like right around the bicep, and his whole arm just goes flying off. Like I, I still can't get over it. I've never I seen that in it. any movie before. I've, I've never, I've never seen any anything like that before. I've never seen somebody just. Have crystal shards in their arm and then just punch their arm off. Punch their own arm off. And you're right. Like, if he can do that, he don't need those fucking crystals. Right. He, he should just be like, going around just punching shit. Call him Blood Nux or yeah. fucking the Knuckler or fucking <laughs> the Pugilist or Fist. I mean, that punch. shit, that's like, that shit rivals Jason Voorhees' strength. Oh, straight up. Jason Voorhees punched the head off a guy. Everybody knows that. Punching holes through people. Pun- punches holes through arms people. Off. Yeah. This is straight up Jason Voorhees level of strength. I will punch my own Vor- arm off. Voorheesian levels of yeah, Voorheesian levels of feet. Voorhees a jelly good fellow. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking crystals. I'm giving you the clap for Voorhees. <laughs> and then I turned the movie off because you can't top that. You can't or top can that. you? Um, but that's not all, folks. Nope. Now the severed arm comes to life. That's right. The the arm he punched off that's lying on the ground now comes to life. The other crystal throwing star, it grabs that one. <laughs> yep, that's it. He grab the severed arm moves on its own, comes to life, grabs the other crystal throwing star, throws it in Hague, hitting him square like in the heart or the chest um, and just kills him. I like how you're saying that shocked and surprised. Who didn't see that, <laughs> that coming? Guy. Come on. You punch your arm off. Logically, the next step is it comes becomes sentient and chucks your own fucking crystal ninja star in your chest. Thus, So that is, was that Sid Haig's worst fear? Is that his, his arm? arm coming off and throwing its own crystal? Also, uh, his or- line... I live, live and, and die, die by, by the, the crystal. crystal. Yeah. Well, there. You just died by the crystal. Call that subtle foreshadowing yeah. <laughs> or knock, knock. Hello. Bam. And then you, uh, you punch your own arm off. Oh, knock, knock. Who's there? Doctor. Doctor who? No, Doctor Strange. Yeah. Okay. I got one for yeah, you. Yeah. You like that? <laughs> 
you know what? I bet you if Doctor Strange were in, uh, if they changed his name to Doctor Freak, he'd have to go around and like start licking people's feet and shit. So Aaron, hi Aaron. <laughs> I mean, drippy daddy. <laughs> I'm making that stick because that's gross. <laughs> do we do we go the subtext of that or just drippy daddy? Sort of little group, a little uh, group chat. Yeah. Aaron likes to work out. I think uh, everybody knows that. And so he he left a little sweat angel when he was doing his uh, Pilates or hot yoga or whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, and so it was a it was a drippy sweaty outline. I'm like Jesus fuck drippy daddy. Ain't nobody trying to see that shit. And then uh, phonetically that's kind of fun to say. So I'm making that a thing. Making that a thing. Oh drippy daddy. <laughs> <laughs> crystals crystals yep so um we jump back to ranger uh who's back on the ship asking core if he's seen the captain because she's not answering her comms unit or showing up on the ship scanner core offers to help him look for her and the two of them head off together to look for the captain we jump back to uh damia who finds Hag's dead body and just like balon she shoots him with her laser gun fucking exploding it into fireballs and then disintegrate. So I guess you could say, You're fired. Yeah, there we go. So, um, you know what? Maybe that is protocol now because they had some kind of viral outbreak or something. Or hey, like, that, that has never been established in this movie. It's the European cut. The European cut. Uncut. Uh, we're just drippy foreskins hanging out. Just goos in space rape ooze. And, uh, nah, it's like the fucking Resident Evil remake. If you kill a zombie again, re-kill it, and then it comes back as a crimson head, maybe they're just taking those steps out. I don't know. All right, maybe. Um, or it's bad writing. I it's just know. bad writing. Yeah, she shoots this thing without any problems or second thoughts. But then... Like, she has no reaction. She comes up, sees the dead body of her crewmate. It's like, oh, zap, 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 pew, 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 blow up. No it's problem. crystals would have wanted. Yeah. But then she spots the severed arm, which is now covered in maggots. And it's this. This is what sets her off. She screams in bloody fucking terror and cowers in a corner before finally pulling her gun and shooting the arm, frying it too. Actually, Marshall, I can explain this. Those aren't space maggots, oh. let alone maggots. They're cosmic mealworms, and she uh, was sexually assaulted by a mealworm. Oh. So that's what triggered her. Oh. Okay. Crystals. Crystals. It's not crystal meth. Right. Oh. <laughs> Which, by the way, the captain fucking looks like she's on. Do you think they just like spray painted her hair fucking gray or whatever, <laughs> like they did Roddy McDowell in fucking yeah. uh, Fright Night? Probably. Okay. Um, so as I said, if things aren't already weird enough, hold on to your bus. Cause it gets kicked up to fifth gear here and it just keeps going up. I've said it before, but here's where it really fucking gets weird. Ups the ante. So, um, so Damien, Damia attempts to call back to the ship, but no one answers her calls. Meanwhile, behind her, we see one of the maggots suddenly and magically grow into a giant dick worm. Demia, yep. yep, you heard that right. A giant dick, dick worm. worm. Uh, Demia eventually ends up backing up right into it. She turns around. She screams. The dick worm attacks her using its smaller dick-like appendages. It manages to rip off all of her clothes, 
while simultaneously covering her in lube. You're getting raped in here. I'll rip off all your clothes. I am getting raped by a space worm. I'm gonna get my clothes off. <laughs> Nobody can hear you, Ea, in space. <laughs> This world is not yet for me. No one can hear you, EI in space! <laughs> Holy I don't want to say, hey, we got Holy space shit. now. Like, well, I think I broke that Marshall. That not be that funny, but Jesus Christ, that got me. I want to make that a shirt. That's no a shirt. one can hear you, EI in space. Fuck Boston and no one can hear you EI in space. On the same shirt. On, On the, the same, same shirt. shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Your glasses are so fogged up right now, dude. <laughs> Be okay, bud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Here we go. So <laughs> she's covered in lube now, naked. The dick worm then proceeds to fucking rape her. Getting hot yeah. in heaven. You heard that? Demia gets violently raped by a giant dick worm monster. She's screaming in fear and pain. As this is happening, but then it seriously sounds like she starts enjoying it, but then she just dies. <laughs> and that's it. Coming as she's going, man. That's uh what a way to go. So Yeah, maybe at first she was a little hesitant and then she got into yeah, it. I know, that's exactly what it sounds like. She's screaming in fear, but then she's like, Oh, wait a minute. Like it's oh, a good her, like getting yeah. fucked in your ass. Oh. Is what they told me. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. So we jump back to the ship. Ranger and Core are still looking for Tranter. Suddenly, one of the ship's cannons starts to fire. Ranger learns that Trantar placed some kind of last-ditch safety override on her, some crap. I thought she was playing, like, Space Galaga or something. <laughs> or regular Galaga. Yeah, regular um, And he turns to tell something to Core, but Core is now gone. Core's disappeared. Ranger heads off to look for Core now. Core leaps out from an alcove behind him and fucking karate chops them all like fucking Austin Powers. Karate chop to the back of the neck. Right. Knocks Gra Ranger unconscious. Space Grandpa karate chop. Yep. I thought he hit him with a pipe or something. Honestly. Nope, just karate chop to the back of the neck. Okay. Core then finds Captain Trantor in one of the gunnery chairs firing the gun at some ship that she sees on the monitor. I, I dead serious thought she was playing a video game. <laughs> like that level in Dead Space, which, by the way, totally organic segue. Mm. Uh, I saw some of the new Dead Space, mm -hmm. which is a remaster of the yeah. original. I'm fine with it. And one of the few times, like, they kept this shit, like, identical. And I'm fine with that. Yeah. Because if not, somebody be bitching like, oh, they fucking made Isaac Clark's suit slightly different. <laughs> anyway. I actually never played the original Dead Space trilogy, but with these remasters, I may, I might I might go back and check them out now. It's, uh, yeah, if you got the new shit, because I don't I don't have the new news, but uh, the new console, sorry, let me use real words. Yeah. 
Uh, but oh wait, hold on, I got a good segue. So I'm at work. Yeah. Working in the warehouse, and my, mm-hmm. my coworker comes in, and he looks a little high. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. And so we're working, and uh, one of our coworkers in the back, he's on bereavement. His mom passed, and it's sad. And we're, so we're, you know, we're, we have a card. We're writing like, sorry, you know, sorry for your loss, right, kind of thing. Right. And so they hand the card to my buddy, and then the boss comes up like ten minutes later, like, hey, uh, you wrote happy birthday <laughs> on this card. <laughs> I'm like standing next to the dude and I just had to take a fucking walk. But you know what? Dude had the best response. Well, isn't his birthday this month too? I laughed so fucking hard. That's like, buddy, your heart was in the right place and we passed birthday cards around and shit. The bereavement one was a new exchange, so... He's not even wrong, but uh, yeah, oh we fixed God. it with some whiteout. And, uh, <laughs> right. That's fucking priceless, man. I, I'm glad shit. I was there to witness that. Yeah, that that's, just, a, that's oh, hilarious. Oh boy. So, Cor tells the cabinet, like, stop, stop, stop doing this. You're and straight then, tripping, lady. Yeah, and then he recites some shit about the past and Hesp- the past Hespius incident. Oh, and like, and that devil it, is the brother's despair of doubt or yeah, something. Yeah, some weird cryptic shit that makes zero fucking sense, whatever. I'm like, okay, Galaxy of Terror, you're going to start spitting intellectual fucking like poetry s- on Space me philosophy? Now? I, I don't know what's going Which on Which I'm here. all about, but not in this movie. Come on. Yeah. Kor tells her that he's, his real name is Emuis or something like that. I don't know. Little Anus. Yeah, and that he's part of the crew. He was part of the crew on the Hespius. And tells her that she was a magnificent hero that day, that she saved his life. She, like, fuck you, accuse him of being a spy now and a liar, but you're saying that she was, I was the only survivor, it was only me, there's nobody else left it's alive. all about you, bitch. Yep. She looks back at the monitor and sees that the ship she was firing at is no longer there. She freaks out. Core tells her that the screen doesn't lie, there is no attack. I don't think she just freaked out then. I think she freaked out even more. Yeah, yeah, even more. But she does start to calm down, but then she looks back at the screen, the monitor again, and sees the ship is back on it. So she's like, and starts, bam, 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 starts firing that cannon again. And then the ghosts from Pac-Man show up and start beating her with the lead pipes. Yep. And uh, then she grabs this massive fucking gun off the wall and takes off running through the ship. <laughs> Ranger now walks in asking if Core is okay because someone hit him in the back. Uh, and Core's like, Nope, I haven't seen anyone. So, all right, so right, yeah, all right. He's pretty chill about just yeah. getting, getting fucking clobbered by an old dude. Well, he didn't know it was Core, but right, so right now they're already like, The cat's out of the bag. Like, they did a, sh- they made a really shit decision by showing that the Core knocking. Uh, Ranger out. They should. What they should have done is just not show Core doing, it and just show like a hand knock him out, and never show who the hand belonged to. Because it just okay. Well, now like the red herring, it's not a red herring. The, the cat's out of the bag. Like because the rest of the movie, Ranger's like, I don't trust Core. I don't trust Core. I don't expect. Yeah, and we know why not. But we we're in on it. We know. Like 
And it's way too in early in the movie to give away your big plot twist. So Ranger got a handy. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> so Ranger got a handy from a stranger. Yeah. Um, they can't all be gold. Yeah. Okay. So, stranger uh, danger. There we go. So uh, Ranger starts flipping through the camera feeds on the ship looking for Tranter. He finds her in the airlock. But the, yes. but the second he sees, like the instant she pops up on the monitor, Tranter just fucking spontaneously erupts, fucking erupts into flames. Just boom, big giant fireball. Yeah! <laughs> That's right. And she's gone. Boom. So, um. Wait a minute. Who's, uh. So, uh, where was I? Um. Oh, so uh, 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 then a warning pops up on the screen saying main hatch open life support pressure loss. Well, who the fuck is this then? That's that's sir. Okay. Um, Ranger rushes off to check it out. He gets to the doors and when he opens them up, out falls the burnt faceless body of Trantor. Like she's just just this bloody. She doesn't even really look burnt. She, it's like her face has just been ripped off. It's just but a, her eyes are perfectly intact. Her per, eyes are perfectly fine. Her hair's now white for some reason. Well, she was already kind of fucked up earlier. But but here's what fucks me up. Why is there an airlock? They clearly are walking around on this foreign alien planet without any kind of breathing apparatus or spacesuits. So they're already acclimated to this fucking planet's... Well, you, the ship would still have an airlock, regardless of what planet, because you might go to a planet that isn't like that. Okay. The you, ship itself, I don't mind the ship, but it should have an airlock. Any ship worth its salt. Yeah. Except for some reason, Star Wars ships never have an airlock. X-Wings, the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, they have like... None that, of them have airlocks. They have that weird, like, force field thing they fly through. On the big ships, yes. Yeah. On the big destroyers and the cruisers. But the Millennium Falcon... They just land on a plane and lower a ramp and walk out. There is no airlock on the Millennium Falcon. Shit. Or X-Wings. When they come down and land an X-Wing on the planet, you they stop out. No airlock. To be The fucking Mandalorian's Falcon Crest. His ship. No airlock. He just lands and hops and walks right out. Well, I'll tell you why there's no fucking airlock on that <laughs> ship now. Uh, you know what? I am here to believe. Uh, a, what did I say his ship's name was? Uh, it's a Star Crest. Or... Something Crest. No, you had it. You were right. Because I, I thought I said Falcon Crest, and that was an old TV show. Nah, dude, you're good. You said, hey, you know what? If any of the listeners want to... <laughs> you can call the hotline 7404-SUCKIN. Let me know how stupid I am that I messed up the yeah. Mandalorian ship name that and that I'm not a true Star Wars fan. Yeah, and start a fucking fight with yeah. 40-something motherfuckers. Look at you, Boston! Yeah. Look at you! Oh, <laughs> fucking Boston ain't got no fucking airlocks! Uh, but, all right, I would like to... Nobody can hear you on space. Okay, no, but I would like to believe that the reason we haven't seen those planets in Star Wars... Star store wars star wars is because they've uh cultivated the planets and shit to have some form of oxygen or something i don't know well then you have fucking plo Kloon who has that breather apparatus because like his whole planet's methane or something yeah um and you know what it's galaxy of terror we can talk about weird space <laughs> shit this is yeah. half a fucking sci-fi movie anyway yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, why don't uh, spaceships have airlocks in most things? They don't do it right. Uh, but in Mass Effect series, then they... Well, Mass no, Effect is smart as shit. They, it, Mass Effect is awesome. One of my favorite game franchises like all time, really, right now. Uh, but the Normandy 1 and Normandy 2, the Normandy ships had airlocks. They all had airlocks. Um, Marshall, do you have the dude from fucking Clash of the Titans up there? Yes, I do. Dope. <laughs> um, Caliban. Yeah. Um, so, dead Tranter falls out of the airlock. We jump back to the others in the, back in the facility. To, they find Damia's dead, naked, and lube-covered body. I mean... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait. But there's another one. <laughs> And if you look some close, side titty on that one, you can see part of her lubed up bush. Can you really? Yeah, here. Oh yeah, just a little. Okay, I, I was. A bush I really that's... wanted to like a dog's dick and then zoom in on it and then turn it around, but I didn't do that. <laughs> you just remember that. I'm a nice um, guy. Thank you. So Balon, being Balon, shoots her body. It blows up in flames it disintegrates it's she's gone she's and the thing is they didn't even check to see if she was dead you know or what? not he just shoots her Dang. which is pretty fucked up i mean her body had no signs of trauma or damage on it, other than being wet and naked for all they know she could have been knocked out but nope fucking checking or no checking for a pulse or anything just fry the bitch just shoot her yeah, I mean, that's... I mean, that's... Like, these guys are fucking homicidal maniacs. Um, uh, you know what? Maybe it was eliminate the chance of there being some kind of slug baby monster <laughs> thing. Or they, they didn't want to raise that. Uh, <laughs> um, now it just cuts to everyone back on the ship. They're all back on the ship. Ranger enters saying all the locks are sealed, no signs of life on the scanners. They all sit around and talk about what's been happening and theorizing on who or what is attacking them. Aluma just wants to pack it in and go home, but Cabrin reminds her that whatever that field was that pulled her ship down is still active, that they have to find the source of it and stop it before they can take off and leave. Um, what, like the um, tractor beam? Yeah. <laughs> Death Star? Yeah, something like that. Hmm. Um, Core says that when they go back to the facility that he wants to go with them this time. So, again, yeah, they decide to head back. Aluma caves in. She goes with them because she doesn't want to be alone on the ship. And we're talking Aluma is Joni, correct? Yes, okay. Aluma's Joni. Her frightening eyes. She has the biggest eyes. She does. Like Dala's eyes. Um, we cut to all of them back in the facility. Ranger starts telling Cabrin about his suspicions of Core and that he doesn't trust him. Um... And they all start heading down through the corridors. Aluma stops, so Cabrin stops too to check on her. She tells him that she just can't go down there. It's too tight. That this, Whoa! <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> and that's this feeling she, uh, she has is so strong uh, is that she just... Can't fight these feelings yeah, anymore. And she has them like, aren't you scared? To which he replies, um, too scared to be scared. I'm, I'm, you know, aren't you scared? She's like, aren't you scared? And he's like, too scared to be. And then he just fucking kisses her, and they both resume walking. <laughs> he's too scared yeah. to be scared, and That's, then starts and just plants one on her. That sounds like a really dumb Rob Zombie lyric. <laughs> also, uh, this dude, why did I just now Palpatine vibes? 
Yeah, very well, yeah. A little bit from the original trilogy, or not the original, the the, the first prequels. The, the prequels. Trilogy. All right, so yeah. who? Which one is this? That's Ivor. Ivor. Oh, he dead. Yeah, he dead already. Yeah, he got wormed. Yep. Um. So yeah, they both they they, they resume their walking. Cut to core spacewalk. Ran- spacewalk. They're um, walking. They're cut to core ranger and Balon. Balon hears a noise and just starts firing off shots from his giant laser gun. Oh, fuck it. At this point, just do it. And this gun is like three times bigger than everyone else's gun. It's and like, it looks more like a fucking flamethrower. It looks like it, I'm getting BFG vibes. Yeah, it's And huge. I don't mean a bioforce gun. No, it's big, a big, it's a big fucking, fucking gun. gun. Come on. Come on. Sounds like some Boston would say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fucking got a bioforce gun over here. <laughs> um... You spilled some chowder on my khakis. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some Sam Adams. I'll just wash right off. No, that's that's a twig. What I can't did do. you mutate I, I into? don't know. You're like some intergalactic traveler that your fucking voice modulator got whacked and it just merged all the fucking yeah, accents. Merged all into one. <laughs> do you want to hear my really good Irish accent? I'm Irish. Yeah. <laughs> can't do an Irish accent to save my life. Um... So, uh, yeah, so they find this tiny hole which they have to crawl through, but no one wants to go first. So Cavern's like, fuck it. He just takes the lead and he heads in down the tunnel. Can we talk about these backpacks for a minute? Sure. Let's talk about the backpacks. I don't hate, I won't say I don't hate them. They're cool. They are cool. But they're impractical because yeah. like the harnesses. It's not a harness. Or exactly. It's like a, a hook. It's Yeah. It, it's it's a, like a big hook that just hooks over their shoulders. There's no strap. So the hook hooks. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, they're cool looking. They have these giant like floodlights on each side to light the way. They look like some shit Master Chief would have. Yeah. They look, Maybe. I will say they look good except for, the, yeah, they just, they don't have actual straps. They're just like these hooks that hook over their shoulder. Which would be, I think, so inc- those things would like dig into your skin. It would that's hurt. what I'm saying. Yeah, dude, it's so cause, hurt because that's gonna fit like one or three body types. Yeah, good. And exactly. The rest, like, the rest is either gonna titty- be the rest are gonna be too big or mm-hmm. too small for them. The restuses get stabbed in the breastuses. Mm-hmm. There you go. But yes, I mean, so fuck. If it's already that big, make it a jetpack or like it has a cool pulley system or something. Yeah, who knows what they keep in there. Only the shadow knows. Only the shadow. Um, so Aluma follows Cavern. Um, turn uh, follows him. Turns out the hole turns into be a big ass slide. Wee! So one by one they all slide down this big chute. And, and she's actually terrified of slides. Yeah, she's terrified of slides. It reminds me of the Collinsville water slide. Mm. That was dope. Um, they find themselves in this huge open room. Aluma tells Cavern that she's still. Wait, doesn't she get stuck? No. Who gets stuck? Nobody gets stuck in this one. I distinctly remember somebody getting stuck, like, in the slide, and then fucking, like, old boy comes in and, like, ass just... Maybe. Maybe it was was probably Balon then, or Ranger. Fucking Balon turns into Drano. Yeah. Um, Aluma tells Cavern that it's still here as they gather their stuff and move on. Except for Balon, who lingers behind hearing strange sounds, but Cavern's like, he comes back and like, hey, stay with the group. Stay close. Um, Balon. Yeah, uh, they find the control device for some door and start playing with it, trying to figure out how to fully light up some triangle thingy. Um, Cavern tells Core to close the door all the way, but they didn't realize that Balon was still on the other side since he was hanging back. Oh no, not Balon! Yeah, so Balon's now cut off from the others. The room he's in goes pitch black, and some sort of monster with this giant triangular head 
It's kind of okay. This dude reminded me like when you walk in, you know, when you're on Tatooine, yeah. which we visit often. Austin, just yes. got to go back for those two sons, you know. Yep. Um, you walk into the Tatooine on Mos Eisley, and mm. you see that like Dorito headed. You mean Mos Eisley on Tatooine? What a say. You said Tatooine on Mos Eisley. No, that's how we say it there. Oh, that's Come how on. you say it there. Keep keep up. Mark. Keep up. Come Come on. On. I, I'm Come not on. in the. <laughs> I, I guess I don't know the zeitgeist of Tatooine anymore. Well, you, you'll learn one day. So, for a second, you see, like, the werewolf, the devil guy. Yeah, and there's that, that, that big triangular one. He's, he's kind of, like, green or something. He's got, like, that Dorito head. Yeah, shit. he's kind of like this, only much uglier and... Oh. It says even bigger. Don't don't be space racist, dude. Oh, you know? Maybe he was looking fly as fuck. I didn't say anything about race. I just said he was ugly. That is not racist. It might be insensitive and oh. mean, but it's not racist. God damn it. <laughs> I may say mean, insensitive things, but I'm not a fucking racist. You've never seen me on a bicycle. <laughs> so, um, where were we? Um, Balon spins around and starts to back away from the monster, which is advancing towards Balon. Sexually advancing. Um, like slowly, too. Like, really methodically and slowly. But the monster fades away and vanishes from sight right as it gets up in Balon's grill. Uh, Balon starts spinning around in circles, looking for any signs of the creature. While on the other side of the door, the others start... They, they're starting to get the door open. They're trying to get the door open again. However, before they can get it fully open, the monster pops up behind Balon, wraps its large clawed hand around his neck. The claw's ripping through Balon's... This rip Balon's neck open. And then another clawed hand wraps around Balon's stomach, ripping it open as well. Yeah, this was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Like, you see kind of like a little bit of stomach or intestines kind of start to spill out. Oh, and the whole time they're making the... Yeah. The noise. And then the monster just drags a screaming Balon away into the darkness, never to be seen again. He's gone. I hope that's in my obituary. <laughs> Got dragged off into the darkness, never to be seen again. Right. And then I want somebody making Foley noises like... Because <laughs> they were making some goopy space goose noises. Yes, that's they were. for sure. Um... Uh, so the others come running out to find Balon missing. Ranger says, Kor did this. Aluma's like, there's no way Kor did. He's just an old man. To which Ranger says, yeah, then where is he? At that point, Cabra and Aluma now realize that Kor is gone. He's not with them anymore. And there doesn't, see, be, doesn't seem to be anywhere to go. So he's not with the core group? He's not with the core group. Yep. Uh, where were I? So uh, Ranger tells him that he keeps seeing something and then nothing. I keep seeing something move and then there's nothing there. More cryptic bullshit yep. from this movie. Cabrin tells everyone to stay together, that they can't afford to get separated. At this point, Ranger starts to lose his shit, and he snaps on Cabrin for, like, no fucking reason. Yeah, like, They're just hey, walking along, friend. and the next thing you know, he just turns and starts, like, raging at Cabrin, and even, like, pulls a gun out and wants to shoot him. Um, he's ranting like, on about some shit that... And... Yeah, like, I don't even... Like, at this point, I didn't care enough to talk about... No. What he's ranting, I didn't make sense. Like I'm not, I don't care about this. I know the runtime of this movie is like an hour fifteen. It's an hour twenty one total, and, and it, but you take away like you know two three minutes for credit. So yeah, let's call it an hour eighteen. And just we don't have time for this in our movie. Um, it ends with Ranger telling Cabrin that he's going to stop him now, and he aims his gun at Cabrin. Aluma yells at Ranger, which seems to snap him out of his anger. And then Cameron just, like, pats Ranger on the shoulder, like, there, there, buddy. We're good. We're cool. It's because he saw that stash, and he's like, damn. 
<laughs> That's a sweet stash. Yeah, it is a pretty sweet stash. I'm getting like Pierce Brosman, kind of Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck, yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, Space Selleck. Uh, they regroup and move on. They walk through this lit triangular doorway, but apparently, when they pass through it, each person seems to end up in a different location. Oh, you mean this the staircase that looks like Darth Vader's mask? Yeah, but we're not there yet. Oh, my, <clears throat> moving on. But um, so yeah, they walk through this triangular doorway that's lit up in white, and then when each person walks through it, it's like they're teleported to a different section, and they they all get separated. And then when they do step through, the doorway then vanishes behind them. Um, so they're all kind of isolated in this in these weird tunnels. Um, as Ranger is walking, he gets grabbed from behind. When he turns around, he finds himself face to face with himself. So now we get a Ranger versus Ranger fight. But it cuts to Aluma and Cameron who find each other on opposite sides of this transparent soundproof wall. Oh, yeah, I remember this. So they start trying to communicate through hand gestures and like touching their hands to the glass like they're fucking inmates or prisoners or something doing really? that shit. Uh, or, or Star Trek too. Yeah. A much uh, better film. Uh, we jump back to Ranger fighting Ranger. Ranger 1 gets punched hard by Ranger 2. Ranger 1 then shoots Ranger 2 with his laser gun, but instead of bursting in flames and disintegrating, nothing happens. Ranger 2 pulls out a combat knife Slashes Ranger 1 across the forearm. Ranger 1 shoots Ranger 2 two more times. Ranger 2 just stands there and then starts to like twitch a bit and seems to be looking around in confusion. Ranger 1 says, blood, no guts, can't be real. And then he laughs a bit saying, I'm fighting myself. Well, no shit. You can clearly tell you look at him. Ranger danger. Ranger 2 then looks at Ranger 1, then fades out of existence. Ranger 1, original Ranger, OG Ranger, start, yells out for Cabrin and starts and runs off down the hallway. The it's stupid, but the like mirror image thing looks really good. It did it did look really good. For like 1981. Yeah. yeah really up. good. Uh we cut back to Aluma who comes across this long so, Sorry, I got to jump in. Okay. The scenario like this, you run into a mirror image of yourself. Yeah. Maybe an evil clone. Do you fuck yourself? Do you at least jack yourself off? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's you. No. No? That's, no. Okay, yeah, I don't either. think I would. No. No? Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Hey, listeners. <laughs> if you would totally jack off your mirror image. Yes, let us know by calling the hotline at 7404-SUCK-IT. I would love to hear if you would jack off your, your doppelganger. Your mirror image. Your doppelganger. Your doppelganger. Goodbye. Uh... Uh, so Jesus Marshall keep it together yeah, come on I know come on uh, who, Aluma comes across this long tunnel glowing white at the end so she starts to well follow the light down the tunnel she enters a smaller tunnel and has, she has to like starts to crawl through it she has to crawl through it and that's when blue tentacles lash out from nowhere wrap around her legs she starts screaming out for Cabrin as more blue tentacles start wrapping around her arms and her torso. The tentacles start to tighten around her, squeezing her so tight that they start to rip through her clothing and skin. They're burrowing down in her skin. The ones around her torso get so tight that her stomach begins to bubble up. Daddy likey. Then uh, they then snap through her 
through her, like breaking her bones and causing organs to get pushed up and out of her. Holy shit, I do not remember this. Oh, yeah, it was pretty graphic. It was pretty awesome. Um, then two more lashes wrap around her, one around her forehead, and the other one wraps across her mouth. Like, her, she's screaming at pain and it wraps right through her mouth, like, in between her teeth. Doesn't her fucking head explode? Yeah, I mean, uh, uh crystals. <laughs> the, the, these tighten and squeeze down on her head until Nachos gave it away. They, her head just fucking explodes in a bloody, gory mess. It's pretty great special effects. It's really, this one actually looks really good. All right, looking it up. Um... Cabrin comes running up to the tunnel and finds the Luma's mutilated body missing its head. Ranger comes up now, comforts Cabrin. And then next we just see the two of them in a large open room. Ranger tells him that uh, it was his own fear that attacked him. Cabrin says, uh, I knew that. You know, basically, he says he knew it. He knew that once he saw Luma's body. And that there's no horror here that we don't create ourselves. And if that's true, then it's finished. That the galaxy of terror was actually the friends they made on the way. Yeah. Um, now, echoing through the darkness comes Kor's vo- voice saying, Finished, Cabron? There's, this has hardly begun. There has hardly been a beginning. Yuck. One of this cryptic bullshit. Yes. Ranger says, damn it, I knew it. Well, Cabrin goes into his best Captain Kirk and just yells out, "Core!" That's pretty good, man. <laughs> Cabrin walks up this long, stair- glowing like staircase. This is the one you're probably talking yes. about. Uh, he ends up in this weird room that does look like Darth Vader's chambers. It kind of does because it's got these like lines of like white tubing or white glowing light. Oh, I was uh, going to say, like, it resembled the front of his mask. Um, That's me, though. And it's running down the walls and then along the floor, and then they all converge and go down this good-sized hole that's just in the middle of the floor and sitting on this clear glass or plastic platform that's, like, hovering above the hole is uh, is Core, who has his back to Cavern. Now, this upcoming conversation gets real fucking weird and kind of confusing. Um, I hate it. I was tempted to play this whole thing out for you, but it's like 10 minutes long. So I'm like, fuck that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try we'll break this down quickly as best I can. Uh, Cavern walks around a face core. And when he does, core's head starts to fucking glow red. Oh, so, oh man, no. He's he the glow. He was the master from the beginning. What? Yeah. I mean, like, we didn't know that already because of the fucking stupid ass script writing choices they wow. made when they showed Cavern knocking out Ranger. They just, just blew the whole surprise ending. What? Um, uh, so Cabrin says to Core, you know this place. You watched as we died and you did nothing. Um, getting pissed, Cabrin pulls out his gun, shoots Core with the laser, but the laser blast has no effect on Core. It only makes him hornier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> After seeing that his gun has no effect on Core, he says, I will find a way to kill you for what you've done. Core says, maybe you will. But why let your emotions get to you now? You've shown such an admirable control of your fear. You've already won the game. Cameron Confused says, a game? Tell him what he's won. Alex, yes, here we go. um, Core continues saying, yes, a children's game. This pyramid is an ancient toy. 
a brilliant initiatory toy initiating you got it initiating toy for the children of an ancient alien race to see their deepest fears and to learn to control them but we're humans <laughs> cavern asks how does he know this and then core says this is where he became master cavern yells at core why did she have to die why did they all have to die and core replies they all could have chosen as you have chosen until now. So bad every time you say master, I just hear like, Master! 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 With that, Core the Master gets bathed and surrounded by red light. Then the room goes dark, red flashing lights come on, and Core is gone. Cavern starts walking around the room on guard. Then leaping out from the darkness behind Cavern is some sort of monster. I think it's the same one with the large triangular head that killed Balon, but I'm not 100% sure. I thought it was. Honestly. Okay, then I'm going to yeah. say it. Yeah. Cavern fights it off, gets away from it, but then the giant dick worm shows up trying to hit Cavern with all of its little dick-like tentacles or or dicticles, I guess. Dicticles. Dicticles. Uh, Cavern does a fucking... Leaping forward, front flipping, oh flippy God. thing like Samus from fucking Metro. Yeah, he's doing the screw attack. Yeah, he's just uh, he leaps, flips over the dick worm, uh, but he does end up getting grabbed by some of the dicticles. Uh, he fights them off too, gets away, and now the sperm worms with the vagina mouth start shooting out from the darkness, attacking Cavern. Cavern starts shooting them with his laser guns, pew 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 pew, pew and they all blow up and. Fire. Many pews were heard that day. Yes. Uh, the dick worm attacks again. Cabron rolls, does like a fucking somersault flip roll. Do a barrel. Out of the way, shoots the dick worm like four or five times, killing it. But fuck no, it ain't over. Not now, because now he gets grabbed from behind by the large insect-like thing that killed the rookie red shirt, Kaz. The whole damn squad is yeah. here. Yeah. Um, Way back in the beginning, Cavern escapes his grip, does a double forward flip. He flips through the air two times. He does a complete, what, like, what would it be, a seven, 720 or something like that? Our boy does a double jump. He, do, he Yeah, he does a yep. fucking double jump. Lands on his feet, turns, shoots the creature, killing it. And I'm moist. <laughs> a pillar of red light shoots up from the hole in the middle of the floor. The red lights turn into a greenish blue. Now emerging from... So, and now the light, everything kind of gets bathed. Oh, oh, you know what's going to happen. Oh, boy. Oh, you, you know what's happening. I think CBS did <laughs> the other day, and I thought of you. <laughs> um, so now the entire room gets bathed in blue light. Yo, listen up. Here's the story about a little guy that lives like a yellow <laughs> or a color related song yeah oh no i'm on it <laughs> i don't think so they did have another good song i can't remember the name of it but they had another catchy one too it's like Paris 45 <laughs> eiffel 65 thank you thank you oh here we go everybody start fist pumping each other's butts <laughs> Oh yeah! Feel the beat. Mm. Marshall, that is not the beat. Both hands on the table. <laughs> oh, we're letting it play tonight. We're letting it play. Have you seen these motherfuckers? 
I actually watched a documentary on them once. <laughs> Marshall, you're an interesting fellow. <laughs> All right. So Again! Yeah. Again! All right! I'm What the right. fuck are they saying? I'm blue, da ba dee da Oh. That's deep. Yeah, real deep. Deep blue. Um, So, yeah, everything's bathed in blue light. Now sorry, it... what? <laughs> blue light! <laughs> now emerging from a tunnel is a wet, nearly naked, lube-covered Damia... With her tits hanging out. Yeah. Then from another tunnel comes a one-armed Sid Haig. So one by one, all the dead crew members start showing up. They all start walking towards Cabrin. He gets grabbed by Kaz, I think, and Aluma, I think. Or he definitely is Kaz is one, but I think Aluma is the other one. Uh, But this is fucking Cabrin, bitch. So he just does a backflip. He literally backflips out of their grasp and starts kung fooing everybody. You know what? He's throwing... <laughs> we should solve more of our problems with backflips and kung fu. I agree. The world would be a better place. Um, he's throwing these high Van Damme kicks. He's tossing people around. The best. The absolute best is when he goes full-on wax-on, wax-off, paint-defense combo when finding the one-armed Hag. Oh, my God. Hag's just, like, going punch, punch. Just, like, just doing, like, trying to punch, like, you know, his... Pivoting at the elbow, up well, and down, up and down. Be up careful down. with that shit, because look what happened to him. Yeah, summer. apparently. And then Cabrin's just like, wah, 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 Can wah. we talk about their super queer handshake from earlier? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, that's a derogative to gay people for once. Uh, because you look at that shit, you're like, that's gay. Because <laughs> it's like, I make a fist, and you like grab it and rub it. Like, yeah. You, you give my fist a noogie. <laughs> Fucking come yeah, on! It was so fucking weird. It was so strange. Ugh. It was like awkward. It's like one of those people like it's like like Hay goes in for the fist bump, hey, but Cameron goes in for like the handshake or something. Like, so he just like ends up like grabbing the fist. I love that. If I see a high five, I'll go with the fist. It's like, whoa, you're a badass. You just blocked a punch. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so at this point, uh. However, Haig is able to hit Cabrin with a back fist, sending Cabrin flying to the floor. He gets swarmed by all the dead crew members who seem, at this point, instead of like, they, they swarm around and they gather around, but instead of like attacking him, they just seem to like bob and weave over him. Like, there's like, almost like head banging. There's like <gasps> bobbing their heads around. We used to do that to this mentally challenged girl in our old neighborhood. We'd give her acid and we'd all like stand in a circle around her and scream, Nightmare! Nightmare! <laughs> nightmare! Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> What the fuck's wrong with you, man? God damn! I like to have fun. Don't judge me. <laughs> okay, so um, Cameron then just passes the fuck out. He just passes out, and all the crew members fade away. They're gone. Cameron is woken up by a Luma, who is softly calling out his name and gently stroking his hair and the side of his face. As our friend Admiral Akbar would say, "That's he, a trap." He wakes up, sees Aluma looking down on him. He's like, fuck that. And he rolls away from her. Aluma at this point just keeps saying Cabrin over and over and over. And this is where I said, you could turn this game movie into a drinking game. Oh boy. Not just with this scene, but the entire movie. But if you drink every time you hear someone say Cabrin, you'd be fucking done. 
drinking Cabernet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> wine joke. Oh, by the way, that's a good wine joke. Sarah loved that wine. Oh, I'm glad the, she loved the wine. Witching Hour, right? Yeah, that was that one. It was pretty tasty. I've been I've been fucking with some wine, not just Mad Dog. Your boy's getting a little classy up. There. Oh, well, I'm glad she's she's putting some class into your ass. <laughs> Or a couple fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Probably <laughs> both. Uh, I'm a muppet. Um, yeah, so, recover from that. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah uh, where, where do you go now? <laughs> she says his name seven times in this scene. Yes, I counted. She slowly walks up to him, and he kind of like just stands there, and she goes, hey, she reaches up her hands, grabs the side of his head, like, and she's like leaning in to kiss him, like they're going to start kissing. But then she just starts choking the shit out of him. Yo, he's into that. Though. Yeah, I think he's into that. He's like, harder. <laughs> Cabin re- reaches out, and I swear he just rips off her tit. Like, he grabs a handful of stuff and rips it off, and you see, like, blood and muscle underneath it. So, and I, I think he rips off her tit. You know what? Ripped her tit off. Um, he fights her off. He picks up his laser gun, shoots her. She explodes into fire and bright lights. Dope. And when the lights fade, there's Core sitting on sitting back on that platform, and all the lights are back to normal. Cavern walks up to Core, kneels down in front of him, and says, "Now it's just you and me." Core's head stops glowing red. Cavern stands up, and this is fucking nuts because this is—I did not expect this. Of all the things that happened in the movie, I, oh, you, this is weird. Oh, okay, weirder than punching your own arm off. <laughs> yeah. or, or, Unconsensually having sex with a space slug. The dick worm. And yeah. dick worm. Oh, my. Um, Yeah, so Cavern stands up, and now all of a sudden, a whole series of, like, rapid-fire energy bolts or blasts oh, shoot yeah. out from what looks like Cavern's crotch and go sh- and they shoot into Core. Core gets lit up with all this energy, and the this energy, like, Glows around Core, then seems to leave Core, who falls over on the platform. And then the energy seems to get transferred into Cabrin. Core looks up and says, it is done. Cabrin says, you wanted me to kill you, and I have. I've killed the master. Core says, no, only an old man. You cannot kill the power that is a master. That's like some Doctor Who shit. Yeah. Cabrin kneels down to Core and says, I will never do what you have done. Core replies, too late. You are the master. Cabrin's just like, well, I'll just leave here. I'm just going to go. And Core says, what? And let your planet plunge into chaos? That too would be the effect of your power, but you would still be the master. What? That is who you are. You are the master. The two of them just look at each other for a moment. It's locked and out. It's kind of staring. making out. That's got hot and heavy. Uh, lemon party up in here. Uh, <laughs> uh, Cabrin, goats. Uh, Cabrin stands up, pulls out his gun, shoots Core, who rubs in a giant fucking fireball again. So one last time. He disintegrates. Um, How do you think Vince is doing? Then, <laughs> um, bring it on home, Marshall. Bring it on home. Um, so then the outline of a person sitting on the platform appears, 
And it just reminds me of like eternity from the Marvel comics. Yeah. It's just like an outline, but like space is in his body. Like he's like, it's just space. Did you see Thor four? Yeah, of course. Yeah. That was cool. I love seeing it. Like, oh, it's dirty. Because he was always like my favorite cosmic being in the comics. I thought he was so cool how they drew him. It's dope as fuck. Dope as fuck. Shit gets Kirby and you're like, what? <laughs> um, Looking forward to Ant-Man 3. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Moda. I still haven't seen Black Panther 2 yet. I need to watch that I at some point. I have no intentions of watching that film because like Chadwick Boseman, that's Black Panther. Yeah. He was awesome. And like, yeah, you're gonna. I think part of me, that's. I think that's why I haven't watched it yet because I like, I don't care. Okay, Suri's gonna become black. I don't care. I like think we that's know stupid. that in the books, and I. Uh, not to get political. Did that actually on. happen in the books? Oh yeah, she's like been Black Panther a shit ton of times. Oh, I didn't actually did not know that. Oh yeah, that'd be like, you know, Mary Jane's been Spider Man. I thought this that. was just like, well, we have to pivot now. What can we do? Oh well, let's make Suri her Black Panther. I thought it was something they did for the movie franchise but i didn't realize it was an actual thing my buddy carlos was so pumped he's like namor's like hispanic now it's like yeah that's weird like namor's like hispanic i'm okay with that but it's like actually no because like you know america chavez and yeah but if i okay i don't know i need I, i'll watch it some i guess i need to watch it i don't know how it ties in if there's gonna like a well, the Africans thing to see if, I, if it ties into Ant-Man or something else. I'm sure it does. But. So, I mean, because Marvel, what they're doing with their shit, I really like how it's, like, super inclusive and down the line. Yeah. So they brought in... Don't uh, tell me. I'm going to watch it. So I'll just... I'll, don't give me any spoilers here. Uh, There's a panther in it, yep. and it might be black. Yeah. Ooh, and Umbaku's back. I loved it. Well, I felt it. I figured Umbaku would be back. Man, it's just still one of my favorite lines. Man-ape! Like, Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I'm... I can see why they may have changed that. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Wow. Uh, I, let me take a big swig real quick, and I'll tell you my thing. I love when they go to, like, Mbaku's village or whatever, and it's like, what are they going to do to us? It's like, I'll feed you to my children. I'm just kidding. We're vegetarian. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. That was good. Um, so, Back anyway. Galaxy of Terror. Yes. So, Eternity. I'm just going to say Eternity. Yeah. He f- fades away from view. He just He's gone. And after he fades away, Cabrin's head starts to glow red now. We crossfade to an exterior shot of the pyramid. Fade to black. Roll the credits. Movie you, over. That is Galaxy of Terror. Are you trying to tell me now that Cabernet is the master? Yep. Cabernet is the master. Mm. So that's the movie. Yep. Um, I guess we, before we let's, uh, do our favorite kill. Don't act like you didn't love it. Favorite kill. All right. Nachos. You know, for being kind of a dog shit movie, this movie had some fucking cool kills. Yeah. Um... I'm not, not giving it to Crystal's Crystal's Crystal's. <laughs> uh, probably Old Girl when she became like a fucking tube of human gogurt. <laughs> tube of toothpaste, Ow. yes. Uh, Burnt Corpsey was cool too. I mean, was there really a bad kill in this movie? Uh, you could, well, the, the opening guy in the cold open you never, who gets thrown up against the wall, you never actually see him die, so you can say that's kind of lame. Yeah. Tranter's death was so fast that it kind of was lame. You just, but the after result was a good makeup job. Yeah. Um, Kaz? No, Kaz, Kaz got fucking... Kaz got... He didn't get scalped. He just got... 
grabbed him, like basically he pulled away. So you never actually see him die. Uh, that might be our lamest. Yeah. Him okay. and Balin are basically the same thing. They both just got pulled off into darkness. And, and, and Ivor got the he got worm. sperm worms and then the vagina face tentacles. But then, you, again, you don't see how it happens to his body. He's, he's just gone. I felt like sometimes this was a live action version of Yurosuke Doji fucking, you know, the overlord. No, I don't know that. Uh, I don't know if that's an anime. I, I don't. It's Hinte. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, how about you, buddy baby boy? What was your favorite kill? Um, Good question. Um, There are good guys. So I'm, I I don't know if I want to go with dick worm rape uh, or, or again, the Illuma in the tunnels because they were both good. I think I'm going to go... I'm probably going to illuminate the tunnels, too, because that was a great effect. Was her, the, everything tightening around her, her organs cool, popping right? out, her head just explodes. It was a great kill. And the special effects were really good on that. Yeah. Um, All considering special effects, round trip, pretty fucking solid. We got the gore. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. We got that. Um, so, yeah. Okay, we're in agreement. That we're going to Luma in the tunnel this one. Oh, so, right. uh, let's move on to the odds and ends. Just when you thought it was over, here comes the odds and ends. All right. Spooky. Ratings, IMDb gives it a 5 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes, it has 31% official thermometer score. I don't. With a 28% audience score. Meh. And Amazon gives it 4.3 out of 5. <laughs> Plot keywords, there were 128, including strip naked, nudity, human-animal love, uh, animal in love with a woman, which I'm, hmm, I don't know if I call that love, but alien rapes a woman. That's a blocky word. Yeah. Um, and these last two are real interesting. If you, this is something I, I can't believe this is a blocky word, but telling someone to shut up. I've never seen that before as a blocky word, but that is apparently that's in my movie. Yep. And reading a book. So if you want your movies with rape and someone telling someone to shut up and in someone reads read. a book and book, book read, <laughs> this is one for you. <laughs> um, trivia. There's actually quite a bit here that I found. So I'm trying to get through this as quick as I can. Um, one of these is funny. We're, we're, it's going to circle back around to something you said earlier. Oh, um, so James Cameron got his big career break when he noted that the director and camera crew didn't produce enough shots for the movie. He requested to be second unit director as well so that he could film additional shots. Jimmy his request Cameron. was honored. And one of his suggestions was adding maggot, uh, was adding a scene involving the severed arm cover squirming maggots. Cameron used real maggots, but because they didn't move by themselves, he invented a setup uh, by hooking a power drill line to the arm and hiding the cords inside the set. One of his co-workers would then plug the wire into electrical outlet, letting the maggots wiggle on cue. On the day that you say the, wiggle, you mean getting electrified? <laughs> okay. Um, on the day of the effect was shot, two of the future producers of Piranha 2: The Spawning yeah. were on set. They were so impressed by Cameron's inge uh, ingenuity that they immediately told him they had big plans for his future and signed him on for his first directorial deal when he uh, produced on some. I forget. I guess I lost the rest. That the name copy the rest. Did right. you ever see uh, Spawning Two? Or uh, I need to see the, No, I need to see the Piranha movies. I need to go oh, back and see those. Fun. So there's the OG. There's a part two. There's a remake. I saw the remake. And one. then there's another. Those new new remakes. Yeah. Which are fun. They're just stupid tit movies. But yeah, that's the one I've seen. Yeah, with Paul Shear and some other people. Yeah, that's the one I saw. Yeah, those Michael Clark Dunk. Uh, it's silly. It's silly fun. Yeah. The, um. So here's what, here's what, this is one you I was getting a kick out because you almost nailed this directly right on the head earlier. Sid Haig didn't think the dialogue in his script matched the character of Kuhad, 
So he asked Roger Corman if he could play Q-Hod as a near mute instead. Wow. When Corman <laughs> asked when Corman asked why, Haig said, "Have you read the script?" God damn. Corman agreed and let Haig portray Q-Hod with almost no dialogue, only having one line the whole movie, the whole the crystal thing. Did they let him ad lib it? I don't know about that, but you pretty much nailed wow. it. I was like, "Oh shit, he's about to call this out." Yeah. <laughs> um Taffy O'Connor was nearly crushed by the one-ton giant worm during filming of the, of the rape That's scene. That's what I call my dick. <laughs> Just kidding. Speaking of which, originally Taffy O'Connell's character was supposed to be attacked and eaten by a giant worm after she ended up topless. The commentary on the 2010 Shout Factory DVD includes R.J. Kaiser, one of the three editors of the film. Kaiser reveals that the originally filmed version of Demia character's death scene changed uh, the original uh, significantly as the movie was made. The initial writing of the scene had the maggot only stripping and consuming a topless Demia, but Roger Corman, being Roger Corman, said, nope, Let's I need it, more rape. Let's make it sexy. Had promised financial backers that the movie would have a sex scene involving O'Connell. <laughs> so he merged the two ideas together. His rewrite of the scene had Demia, Damia reacting in terror when confronting the 12-foot-long creature in quote-unquote id monster mm. created from her own mind complete with tentacles but having the terror give way to forced sexual arousal as the monster strips and rapes her the rewritten scene included full nudity and far more explicit sexual contact content including simulated sexual intercourse and ended with demia moaning provocatively covered in excreted slime and being driven to an orgasm so intense it kills her after informing director Clark and actress O'Connell about the changes of having both of them balk at participating in the more sexually explicit scene, Corman decided to direct the entire scene himself, hired a body double for O'Connell to shoot the fully nudity, full nudity sex sequences. Although O'Connell ended up in front of the camera nude for most of her final scene, she did not object to being nude. Uh, well, funny, but she was upset the fact that the set and the slime she was to be covered in was freezing the day of the shoot. Oh. Uh, the crew's suits, this is a fun fact, were modified, the different patches and tags, were modified suits from Battlestar Galactica from 1978. Beady, beady, beady. That the producers picked up for a, for for little money after the series was canceled. No shit. The movie, this movie was also originally rated X by the MPAA. The following scenes were cut for an R-rated scene. R-rated scenes of evisceration and a, a protracted shot of a scalp corpse with part of its skull missing. From the beginning. From yeah. the beginning. Several frames from the infamous worm rape scene showing the giant worm's thrusting movement and the victim's <laughs> face in ecstasy and the climax of both of them. Sounds of bones breaking from a scene in which another female character gets crushed by living wire. Oh, they say wires, but they were tentacles. So, so uh, the deleted scene, it was actually just her laying next to the giant worm as With he a cigarette. Like, oh, was it good for you, baby? Baby? Uh, oh, the I original <laughs> The original X-rated version of the movie is confirmed to be lost or destroyed. Um, the walls of the spaceship, the Quest, which was the, sh the ship that the main cast was on, were covered or made out of McDonald's takeout cartons from yeah. back in the day. And you can clearly see like the, the form of them. They just like I put got, them up there and then painted them. I got metallic. one thing. I'm watching it as they're like going down the corridors. Uh -huh. I'm thinking mystery science theater, like when they're on the way to the yes, fucking theater. That's yeah, that's exactly. It's so good. Waiting yeah, for like, fucking Tom Servo to say some nutty shit. Yeah, that's real. That's great. Yeah, it's, I, love I that thought. Show. Yeah, it's very similar to that. That's a great show. I uh, go Mike J Nelson. A lot of people like Joel. 
I like Mike J. Nelson. Okay. Um, in earlier drafts of the screenplay, when the movie was going to be titled Planet of Terror or Quest, both Aluma and Demia were described as very buxom girls. And just like Demia's famous worm rape death scene, Aluma's death was also much more sexual with the tentacles that grab her in the tunnel turning into monster hands which tear off her clothes and molest her. Was this written by a fucking 11-year-old? No, it's Roger Corman who loves rape, apparently. That guy might need to be on a... He he probably may be on a sexual I'm pretty sure Roger Corman's dead. Yeah. yeah. Do you know there's actually a deleted scene? Uh, It was... It was originally in the script. Sorry, I'm going to jump in. No, go ahead. You're like, oh, I might. All right, so Roger Corman had uh, had a buddy... Uh, who you know he was looking for work kind of thing and uh so that whole that warm suit thing uh he helped him write that scene and he was inside the suit do you know who that man was no harvey weinstein (laughs) 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 sorry i had to worm that one in there well done (laughs) well done well done All right. Uh, Taffy O'Connell being stripped naked by a giant amulet space slug was named number 10 on uh, its top 20 gratuitous nude scenes of the 1980s by website Flashback in July of 2014. In uh, earlier drafts of the screenplay, when the movie was going to be titled Planet Terror or Quest. Oh, wait, I already did that one. Um, so, and here's the last thing a plot hole, which uh, I want, I was waiting to talk about this when I brought this oh, up. Just one. Just one. Just one plot. Uh, one, one, Ranger never actually dies. Yeah. But Cavern is designated as sole survivor and says, you killed them all. Well, you killed them all. Ranger's fine, as far as we know. He was there hanging out with Cavern, who just walked up the stairs and went in and did yeah, all that. Yeah. Oh, you know, Ranger's still there just sitting down. He's waiting for him like, hey, Cavern. You uh, coming back, buddy? Hey, um, uh, what, we, we doing this? Yeah, I'd like uh, to uh, get off this planet now. This place is spooky. Yeah, it's, Let's it's, go. Ranger's still alive. He never dies. But uh, the, He's in the sequel. That's how he became Freddy Krueger. <laughs> All right, so that brings us to this week's budget game. They spent how much? The budget game. All right, nachos. I don't know if you were expecting this, but uh, what is your guess for the budget of the 1981 Galaxy of Terror? $4.5 million. $4.5 million. All right. Uh, let's see. Are you correct? He chose... Um, budget seven hundred thousand dollars. Now you can redeem yourself with the box office gross four point five thousand four point five million dollars four point five million. Gee, I guess somebody might have looked something up. You have chosen Box office gross, $4 million. Wow. I guess sometimes the sun does shine on a dog's ass. Yeah, when you Google the answer ahead of time, apparently. What? It was funny. As soon as he guessed the budget, I said it was wrong. He emphatically reached for his laptop like, oh, fuck, no, I'll prove you're wrong. I know it's this. I would never do that. I am not petty. Yeah, you got the uh, the box office and the budget mixed up. All right. Whoa. So the dude that played the shadow monster, Brian Wade, kind of getting some Adam Sandler vibes. 
Yeah. Okay. That's a little good. bit. That yeah, got so that nose. Hot, the one to touch the head. Yeah, I am Sandler's oh. coming to St. Louis, which I can't believe is he's still doing concerts or shows. Whoa, like he's that. doing like stand up. Yeah. No shit. Which I, I can only assume it's for people of like my generation and older. Hey, I love because that like too. the entire commercial and ads for him are just nothing but his. Him doing his turkey song from like 1993 or 94, whenever that came out. Oh, <laughs> like, so the material from the 90s. Dead serious. That is what he's going to be doing. Adam Sandler's What the Hell Happened to Me and uh, the shampoo song. And whatever the- that's that other. Those are fucking hilarious. And he does a song about Chris Farley. Probably make you tear up. Oh. Um, all right. Let's, human. let's move on to Mortal Kombat. Kombat. Yes. At the end of this day. One shall stand, one shall fall. Good versus bad, right versus wrong, light versus dark. In the end, when the dust settles, who will be left standing after Mortal Kombat Kombat? Those natural crinkles, sort of plastic wrap and stuff. Marshall, where do you stand on the fight versus Spearmint versus Regular Mint? I don't know. You're not partial? You'll just take I guess you I, when I was a kid, I guess I always went Spearmint, I think. You've but, chosen. Oh, no. I know. Thank you. I don't. I don't. He's like, I got to drive. Yeah, I, got, I can't chew gum. I got to drive. I'm just not a gum chewer. I just kind of mm. lost its appeal to me. Okay. Um, but because of flowers, it's win- like mints and stuff, wintergreen all the way. Purple bit life savers. Who remembers those weird commercials from the <laughs> 90s where it's just like these fucking like black Jamaican dudes? I mean, usually that goes hand in hand, but uh, a little redundant there. They're like, purple bit. With dog read. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> hey, so what about the fucking All right, Mortal Kombat Combat. There are 682 total reviews on Amazon. We're going to read them all. Sit, sit back, get comfortable. We're doing all of them. Um, 62% are five star with only 3% being one star. I was really surprised at that breakdown. Mm-hmm. I thought it would, I did not think it would be that drastic of a gap. Um, so start with the five stars from American Product Critic. This old horror flick was made in the 1980s when space horror was new and psychedelic movie making was at its height. Kids today see space horror as one big mockumentary, so the genre is essentially dead. I don't know about this that. This dude's I, full of shit for starters because they were doing that in the 50s yeah, and the 40s. I, yeah. I wouldn't call it space horror a mockumentary. I don't think anybody thinks that. If, I, I could be the, wrong. Uh, okay, uh, maybe he's but if, talking if you like think a, if you're if you're in the one, one of the millennial people. Or a Gen Z or whatever they're fucking called now. I don't know. And you think space horror movies are a big mockumentary and that the, the, that the uh, genre is dead? Why don't you call and let us know? Call the hotline at 7404-SUCK IT and uh, let us know your opinion on that. Marshall, that number one more time. 7404-SUCK IT. That's right. Um, but if you want to return to an era when the trope was taken seriously, watch this cult classic film, Five Stars. Uh, Lindsay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, something. Nope. Okay. Uh, Lindsay B, pop a bucket of Poppy's favorite popping corns and gather up your little squirts for this high-flying adventure starring not Tom Selleck and (laughs) George's fiance mom from Seinfeld. Explore the sexual habits of giant maggots and maybe make a friend or two along the way. 
smiley winky face bonus points for baby freddy krueger or or as i like to call him freddy Krueler. five stars uh, she's a woman cut from the same cloth as myself <laughs> look out sarah yeah <laughs> Lindsay bees <laughs> um from michael pa- pagliaro corman movies are awesome all explanation points three all capitals three explanation points i'm i'm, I'm assuming you would think, actually no, just one exclamation point, but oh. still want to rate with some emphasis from who knows. I saw it as a kid and I had to have it. I was transfixed on it because of the story back then and utterly confused by the maggot rape scene. Not I think the, the other way around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think the confusion stemmed from my mom telling me that the giant maggot was squeezing the woman to death. See how parents lie to kids thinking kids are stupid. Anyway, tried watching it again and was totally disinterested. What can I say other than it was a reminder of my childhood? Five stars. Who Why? Who lets their kid watch this? Uh, it was actually, it's uh, Harry Weinstein showing yeah. his kid his fucking work. It's like, and I totally nutted in that chick. Ugh. So anyway, that's what we're, and uh, we got. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Um, his royal dudeness. Uh, That's a good name. I was in this movie as a child. Uh, Wait, no, I'm sorry. No, I'm was sorry. Into. Yeah, I was. No, I'm sorry. I was this movie as a child. Oh, we're playing uh, Mad Libs here. Yeah, I was this child. Rubik's Cube. I was this movie as a child. That's a weird sense to say. Well over 30 years ago, I found it more confusing than scary then. Now I just love seeing Freddy Krueger and Captain Spaulding together. Five stars. Uh, okay. So if he was this movie, was he going around like raping chicks and like? The film, did he have a glowing head as a kid? The I, film became sentient. Yeah. Uh, based on a true story. Fun based fact. on truth. Yeah. It's a it's a document. It's a, it's an autobiography. It's a, yeah. It's a biopic of of David Bowie. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean that's where Major Tom happened. Like he was out in space, the man who fell on, on the quest, yep. and Major Tom, um, he's the only survivor of the Hespis because everybody else got murder raped by dick worms, slug, and, slug rape, penny So the just... boy's like, "Hey, uh, Major Tom here, calling Earth. Uh, let's get me home." And then he's like, and then he transformed into Ziggy Stardust. Yes, um, but we won't ask the thin white Duke about it. No, he's uh, kind of a dick. From Jose Ramos. I haven't seen this in years. I love the over-the-top acting. The blood, the creature's great. But after all this time, I still can't make sense of that ending. Five stars. So the consensus is, I think this falls into the what the fuck is happening category exactly. of films. Okay. Um, so, Pete, which you can get yourself a what the shit is happening shirt by going over to the HorribleHorrorPodcast.com merch page, and you can order yourself your very own What the Shit is Happening shirt. Wow. Yeah. I, too, can own a What the Shit shirt? Yep. Well, I mean, if I'm buying one shirt, I might as well buy Buy, another. You might as well. should probably get a Why She Talk? Why She Talk? Or a very the limited edition Nachos McWareof designed alternate logo. Oh wow! Beer glass. Forgot all about that. Yeah. Probably be pretty cool drinking a big beer out of it. Yeah. Um, and from lastly from Amazon customer just writes very erotic movie <laughs> five stars. Not wrong. <laughs> Not wrong at all. All right. So one star reviews here from yeah. Michael J Thornley. Not very good. In its defense, the movie is pretty old. One star. 
Um, so is uh, Citizen Kane's pretty fucking old. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, from Sarah Burke. Um, I almost bought this movie for my aunt while I was watching because we both have a lot of cult sci-fi. Uh, we both have a love of cult sci-fi. But big warning, there is a graphic and tasteless rape scene. Rape scene is all bold in caps, by the way. Um, so I canceled the order because it was too uncanceled. So it's too uncomfortable to watch, and I don't want to send something like that to my aunt. Well, I have sorry, watched... Sarah. You and your aunt don't <laughs> enjoy tasteful rape scenes. Yeah, tasteful. Rape. Wait, so is she into tasteful rape scenes? Like, yeah, uh, I guess tasteful like rape. In, in bravement? No, what is that? Irrelevant or, or, or ugh, whatever the one with Monica Bellucci gets fucking railed out for like fifteen minutes. Anyway, <laughs> um, I have watched a million sci-fi adventure movies and rarely see a graphic rape scene or even one at all. And I'm racking my brains right now to think of one. Uh, I, was, I can think of several. I was really disappointed that this one was so tasteless about it. Remember the that Ewok scene? adventure movie? Oh, yeah. So much rape. That scene will upset any survivors watching it. Blech. Oh, rape survivors. <laughs> oh. Eh. Um, Sorry, rape oh, survivors. But then, that's not all. Oh, boy. After that, it says, otherwise it's pretty good. <laughs> Other than that little bugaboo. <laughs> She's just like watching the movie and that slug monster keeps calling her. She's just into the call like, no, no. <laughs> From John L. P. Boring, to be honest. Literally, it just, it's the letter P. I thought it was going to be P fucking you. No, just P. Boring, to be honest. Me and my boy A Swizzle watched this movie, and it was a Whoa, major Ace Swizzle. Ace I know Swizzle. that guy. Ace, give me that twenty bucks, homie. Come on, quit <laughs> fucking around. Uh, Doge coins. Yeah, me and my boy A Swizzle watched this movie, and it was a major snooze fest. Lame. One star. Um, and Scott Hanna. Did you tell him to come back and pick up that name he dropped? <laughs> Swizzle. I ain't fucking touching fucking that A-swizzle. shit. Swizzle. Swizzle. Oh, found another name for Aaron. <laughs> yep. Dripping daddy. Swizzle. <laughs> and lastly, from Scott Hanna, which probably wraps up perfectly. I didn't know what I had just watched. <laughs> One star. <laughs> I feel you, Scott. <laughs> All right. So that's what the, uh, the, the battle was on that. So let's wrap it up with our final thoughts and takes on it. Nacho's. Uh, think it's out. What, what, what's your final take on this one? All right, boss. So, Roger Corman, you kind of know what you're getting uh, into. And also, New World uh, Production, which is Charlie Band, you know, the Puppet Master films and stuff. That's like back when he had a company and stuff that actually had money to do things with, opposed to just wire puppets. Seriously, somebody needs to talk to Charles Band about his puppet fetish. <laughs> okay, so back to this. Uh, acting's pretty standard for what it's worth. Special effects, pretty fucking great, considering uh, Gore's amazing boobs, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, all that. The music is kind of fun. Great intro song for that synth. Um, But all in all, the, the pacing of this movie is abysmal. It moves at a me pace. (laughs) because christ um no but other i mean so is it cerebral sure we'll we'll say it's cerebral does it 
come at me with a bunch of stupid sci-fi jargon, which I fucking absolutely endure. You fucking nerf herder. And, <laughs> uh, yeah, but all in all, I mean, watch it once. You could probably, on your PS4, just hold the fucking skip button down so you can just double time it. Yep. So, yeah, check it out. Uh, check it out. It's so, so good. It's scary, right? So, see, I didn't think about it. So bad it's good. So bad it's good. I give it, uh, I give it four maggot rapes out of, <laughs> out of ten. Out of a Freddy Krueger and Sid Hag. No, I give it four. I die by the crystal. I live by the crystal. <laughs> I, I die, die by, by the, the crystal. crystal out of fucking ten. T-shirt? No, for real, though. <laughs> Uh, maybe I'll get you, you. Maybe I'll make that shirt for you. Dude, When's be, your birthday? <laughs> uh, June first for the listeners out uh, there. What about you, Marshall? What do you um, think? I agree that the pacing is a little weird. It falls apart at the end. Um, yeah, but I can't. I mean, the cast is really good. The acting is not terrible. You got it's to, not the Godfather. Let's keep yeah. that in mind. By horrible horror standards, it's yeah. pretty fucking good. Yeah. Um, you got some big names, recognizable people. The the special effects are pretty goddamn good. The, the bloody gore special effects and like even like the sci-fi special effects are even if they're bad, they're, they're fun bad. You know, yeah. for the sci-fi. it's uh the kills are great. Like the, there's some really good And they're not kills. censored to death like no. a later Friday the thirteenth, like you know, V I I Yeah, that was such a shame. Um but yeah, overall I didn't think I'd say this, but I when I first was like, oh, saw this movie, I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna be bad. I'm saying it's so bad, it's good. It sucks, like, but it's a good sign. Yeah, like you have to watch. There's so much weird, crazy shit that goes on in this movie that it, you have to watch it to almost just believe your eyes because you can't listen. Like, listen to this, and you're like, fuck, shut up. No, go, go watch it. It's free on Tubi. Just go watch this. It's free and, on everywhere. Yeah, just well, not like YouTube and stuff. If you but, say, yeah, I guarantee you it's on YouTube. If you say. Galaxy of Terror three times, it's going to be at your fucking house. Yeah. It's like Beetlejuice. <laughs> Definitely, this like, is a oh, candy man. Get your buddies a couple beers, some buds, whatever, you know. Get, get impaired and watch this movie. Yeah. Like, this movie is a trip, man. I mean, and then he's got fucking space kung fu at the end. Right. Like, Cabrin's just like a. Suddenly becomes this badass kung fu master. And he. <laughs> It comes out of nowhere because nowhere in the rest of the movies they've been showing any kind of handicapped combat. Cameron shows no inclination of being like some this physical power Oh, he knows space <laughs> judo. Watch out. You know, it's, drop that line in there. It just comes so far out of left field for, out of nowhere that I was like, Duh, what? <laughs> I wasn't prepared for it. And yeah, so so bad is good. It's confusing. The ending's weird, but goddamn, is it a? It's a fun, interesting ride that it's, I think needs to be experienced at least once. It's what? dumb. It's not hurting anybody. Uh, yeah, it's dumb fun. Give it a shot and fuck for all you know. This could become one of your favorite little cult movies yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's dick worm rape and right. Uh, hand <laughs> crystal food. The crystal can. Oh my god. It's, it's unbelievable. It, you definitely got to watch this one, I think. I, I think you definitely need to take it in for yourself and experience it. Um, with that said, all right, it's good to be back. Um, I will say going forward, though, I'm not sure what our recording schedule is going to be. I don't know. I don't think we're going to be weekly all the time. I think it might be bi-weekly or 
maybe there might be times where it's once a month. I don't know because life is getting more complicated with as our kids are getting older, involved in more things and travel and stuff. So, and as I'm experiencing uh, crystal meth for the first yes. time in my life, yeah. Um, so nachos will continue to be around when I need them. Yeah. Um, hopefully, I'll be able to get Aaron back. In. Aaron has contacted me. He says he's ready to come back. It just again, uh, like life. today. Like today, he couldn't make it because he had to take his kid to Disney on ice. He had tickets, um, so we had to push him off. Like, I had tickets too, dude. I'm so fucking bummed. I didn't get to go. I didn't think Disney on ice was still a thing. I remember going when I was like three or four. When like, I was like 17. <laughs> yeah, I went when it's like, yo, Jasmine's hot. Take it off. <laughs> but Aaron will be back. He's looking forward to getting back in the studio, so that's good. Hopefully, we can get uh, slick and nasty uh, Jeff up and to come back in here at some point too. Sarah, slick and nasty Jeff. What's he from? Oh, he would be from that. Uh, your second favorite podcast, the uh, Here Comes the Spooky, that wow. little show. Oh wow, I I know. Oh, wait, I'm the co-host on that show. Yeah. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Boy, if you like the horrible horror podcast <laughs> and like to hear belligerently drunk people scream at each other about video games, how small their dicks are, and other amazing topics, <laughs> well, tune into the Here Comes the Spooky podcast, where we watch bad movies so you don't have to. Oh! No, uh, <laughs> copyright infringement! Stepping on my toes! <laughs> Uh, we're getting ready to do... You'll be hearing from my lawyer, sir. That's you. That's another title you have. <laughs> Esquire. Lawyer. We're getting Lawyered. ready to do Sleepaway Camp 2. So if any oh. of our listeners double dip, well, you can uh Yeah, we homework. did that one. We did that as a live show the first day we oh, met yeah, you. Oh, yeah, well, we are two. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then we, you just posted those pictures. We, uh... We did that at Contamination, the very God, first one, you where we like met you. Your head was about ready to fall off. You looked raw. No, that was the second one. Oh, that was a, the first one, the very first one. That's right. At that, uh, where the fuck was it? Was that? like this old barn hotel. Barn, yeah, it was down in Fenton. Like it was, uh, it was, was a, a weird hotel, sketchy, weird place. Yeah. Um, no surprise, the hotel is closed now. <laughs> it's all closed down and boarded up. What? Like it fell down on itself? No, they just went out of business, I guess, after oh. the pandemic. But anyway, yeah. So we did Sleepaway Camp 2 as our first live show. We were recording live on the con floor there. And that's when you got so, the Hacksaw Jim Duggan yep. promo? Okay. Yep. And that's when you came up and we met you for the first time. That's right. So, uh, so, so it comes full circle. Oh, wow. Now, now the... Now the marshal's the master. Yep, I'm and the. Then, <laughs> and then your fucking head just my head starts red. glowing red. Yep, <laughs> you should go see a doctor about that. I'm getting worried. <laughs> uh, plug the podcast. Something, something, something. Also, Sarah Samples is looking forward to coming back. She's excited, and we're gonna try to get Chris back on here too as Those well. Guys. What about Coffee Doug and his amazing voice? Coffee Doug, man, I, I'm envious of that voice of his, man. It's yeah, so, it's so. Stupid. Coffee's Doug is the hardest person to, to pin down. He is always doing he, shit he's like a gandalf it's like, like he's, he's never I, I have late to like, i have to like schedule him like a year ahead of time <laughs> well understood he, he's easy he's his fingers are in several different soups wait people yeah. do that his coffee is in several different pots there you go i don't sure, sure why not that. <laughs> he's, he's brewing many different pots at the same time uh, um but have, anyway do yeah. you have any dumb jokes you got anything any closers i gave you my dumb knock knock joke already should we call aaron to see if he has a shit joke <laughs> should, should we check the hotlines no know. that's aaron's dumb joke is your shtick for your i won't step on your guys's toes unlike you who just i do all I over lines. 
All right, guys, we're rambling on. If you're still listening to this, I don't know why, but thank you. Thanks. Um, all right, so, yeah, we'll be back sometime soon. We're, join the Patreon. Yeah, we have a Patreon, too. You can always join there and help out. Stop um, the patriarchy. That would be great. Any Anything helps keep the show going. Um, in the meantime, guys, till, we're, till next time, you know what to do. Watch more horror movies. And remember to always Stay keep spooky. it tight. Bye. And get those crystals.